is glad to be back on the scene, man. I know, isn't he right? Um, yo, whatever, everybody. We sorry we late, man. I, we were just in here talking about the new Daylight album and just uh, hip hop uh, and and stuff. So we got kind of caught up. Y'all know how it is. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the best two hours sports two our best two hours of your sports week. Uh, you are locked in to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle, joined by my partners, BZ, Ken, and FIFO's on the way. Fellas, what's going on? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? What up? Man, I say it every week, man. It's a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, literally, this is one of the times, man, I really wish we almost had like a, a daily show. I mean, I wish we could do this like full time and get paid. Because <laughs> <laughs> we really could. We're, there's so much sports to talk about. Um, baseball is in the news. Obviously, the NFL is hot and heavy. Uh, the NBA training camp. I mean, it seemed like the NBA just ended and training camps are back upon us. Um, so a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we will start the show tonight on a somber note. Uh, as many of you know, uh, baseball phenom uh, Jose Fernandez from the uh, Miami Marlins uh, passed away tragically on um, Sunday morning in a boating accident. Uh, he and two other of his friends, um, uh, as you know, he was 24 years old. Um, very, very young, energetic. He was only 24 years old, as I mentioned. Uh, and this kid was on a rise to stardom. He had a very infectious personality, uh, very well-liked, very much loved in the clubhouse and across baseball, actually. And if you're familiar with, if you're not familiar with the story, he came from Cuba, he defected from Cuba. Uh, I think on his fourth attempt, he finally made it to the United States. On one attempt, um, he did. He was not successful and was thrown into a Cuban prison. And on another attempt to make it to the United States, he actually, uh, his mother fell off the boat and he jumped into the, the ocean to save his mother. Um, so he has a really, really interesting story and compelling story when you think about it. He was just someone who was life and happy to be here. Uh, I will be honest, I saw him pitch like maybe two or three times and the kid was, he, he was incredible, man. He was incredible. And I think, you know, baseball lost not just a great talent, but a, a really, really good person. And we saw with the, the tribute that the uh, Miami Marlins did last night, um, D. Gordon, uh, one of his closest friends on the team, uh, came up and batted uh, right-handed, emulating his stance at first, on his first at bat. Keep in mind that D. Gordon is the leadoff hitter for the Miami Marlins. And... Um, Subsequently switched after the first pitch back to his left-handed stance. Uh, you saw it incredibly hit a home run, like a 400-foot home run. His first, and, his first too. Yeah, his first home run of the season. And D. Gordon said that he's never hit a ball that far. Even um, so, you know, and his. I mean, like if, if you if you have a heart for sports, I mean, you 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 definitely understood the emotion. I mean, he was crying, running around the bases. Uh, their whole locker room was crying. They did a tribute to him before the game, and they left their hats and, and jerseys, and everybody wore the number 16 Fernandez on their back. Um, Ken, real quick thoughts, man, on, on the death of Jose Fernandez, man. Man, it was um, – <coughs> it was unexpected, of course. Um Everything you just you just named, and when I, when I saw the news – I, I, I couldn't believe it, man, because, you know, we just started 
like I just started following baseball um, heavy like that. Like I used to keep track of it, but I wasn't that heavily involved until, you know, we started playing fantasy baseball. And, um, you know, I got all into it, man. And, and he was one of those dudes that, you know, whenever I would play against him in fantasy sport, which is different from real sports, I understand that. But we all have a connection to um, players in a certain way. I, I, I always wished he was on, on my team. And I remember, you know, um, Ryan had him up. No, was it Ryan? I think Ryan had him on his team, man. Okay. Um, shout out to Ryan uh, off the bench. And, um, you know, I was like, man, I'm, I'm drafting him next year. You know, I just remember just thinking about that and seeing the news. And, you know, of course, subsequently the game was canceled. And and um, it was just heavy, man, um, because you don't expect – wake up to that, um, especially see somebody lose their life at such a, a, a young age. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes people joke about, you know, my age and, and our age sometimes, and um, we're thankful. We, we, we should be grateful that we, we made it this far. And while they're, you know, you, you look at people cracking those jokes, and I get it, they're all jokes and funny games, but it's not ever promised. And here's a guy that's probably the same age, if not as some of those people. You know, there are people younger than him that are making those jokes that may not, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that was one thing I thought about, like, man, like, I just couldn't imagine. Of course I couldn't imagine it, but being that young and, and losing your life or knowing somebody that young losing their life, in a tragic way, and 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 D Gordon's first home run, and like you guys said, D Gordon is not a power hitter, man. Um, to see him break down that way, like it 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 really hit me, it touched me, man, because you know it, it he that guy meant a lot to a lot of people, and this is again one of those situations where um, a guy means a lot to a lot of people, and we don't know it until he's gone. Right. And we don't get a chance to tell them about that until we're sharing all of the great stories that we had. And um, and looking at some of the details about what happened, some of the, the fears and the last-minute decisions of some of the players to not even go and kind of telling him not to go um, made it even right. that, that much more haunting uh, to me. Um, because I can only imagine how they feel um, because sometimes you be like, man, that could have been me. And you don't want to think that, but it's, it's, we're human. And also, you can also think the other way, like, man, if I was there, right, maybe it wouldn't have happened. So there's a lot of range of emotions for people that are way closer and connected to him than, than any of us um, that are feeling and that are heartbroken and devastating. But I'll be honest, I knew the guy was liked. I didn't know he was loved the way he was loved. And Same here. You know, I'll just end, end on this note, man. Just, you know, tell everybody, man. Let everybody know that you appreciate them, man. And everybody that show love to us, man, we we, we love you back. We appreciate it, man, um, because it means a lot to us. And, you know, it, it helps that um, to know that. So, you know, kiss you. I hate to get all sentimental and emotional, man, but, you know, a, a young life was, was lost. And you need to right. let the people that – you care for know that you care for them and the guys that we appreciate we should show appreciation for man but 
um, is 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 definitely unfortunate what happened. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B? Your thoughts on uh, the loss of uh, Jose Fernandez? Um, yeah, Ken Ken said that very well. Um, yeah, no doubt. Unlike just like him, I don't even know. You know, from his passing, it, it really showed that he was he really affected a lot of people's lives. You know what I'm saying? He had an effect on a lot of people's lives, especially that ball club. Because, like Ken said, I saw the uh, video of it yesterday where. Yeah, my man hit the home run and like seeing the whole not just only him crying running bases but when he got to the dugout how like the rest of the team started crying and everything and just how touching it was like yeah that that yeah that, that kind of like you know choked me up for a second because it's just like it's one of those things where always always value you know the people in your lives and always value just your presence in life because you never know you here today you're going tomorrow, man. You never know when, when it might be the last time you're going to see that person. He's a young, he was a young, very talented guy. So it wasn't like, not saying it would have made a difference if he was older, but like just the fact that he was so young. And he right, right. So much, he had his baseball career so ahead of him. Because, you know, in baseball, heck, you can play into you in your mid-40s, you know. So he had a long, prosperous baseball career in front of him. And for him, for his life to be cut so short and so suddenly, you know, it was just, yeah, it was tragic, man. It, it was really tragic, so. But yeah, other than that, man, Ken, yeah, Ken said it really, really well, man. I just, I didn't know that he he impacted on so many, so many lives till he passed away. You know, I didn't know same that, here, that, same that here. That important for the ball club until he passed away. So yeah, it, it was good to see. Same see, here. I, I think uh, number all the jerseys and stuff like that were number six. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think um, you know, as I mentioned, like his 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 Cuban background, and obviously, you know, playing for a team like the Marlins. Um, you know, and not just Miami, but I mean, Miami with this huge Cuban population, uh, he was somebody that the community really, really rallied behind, uh, not just uh, every day, but like when he pitched, but, you know, he had a very, very infectious uh, personality. And I think one of the lasting memories that I'll have of him is, and you can, when you, when you finish watching us tonight, uh, Google this, I'm pretty sure most of you probably seen this clip. There's a clip where there's this guy's at the plate. I can't even remember who the hitter was but he hits a line drive and he hit, hit and, and Jose Fernandez is pitching. He throws a pitch, hits a line drive, Fernandez catches it and it comes back fast and he catches it. So that obviously it's out. And so the guy is walking back toward the, toward the uh, dugout and he stops and he looks back and he says, you caught that? Like he, he can't believe that Fernandez caught the ball and Fernandez just kind of smiles and said, yeah, I caught it like that. And that smile and that look that he had on his face, man, I think that was one of the most genuine moments that you, because you, as competitors, you normally don't see that kind of thing. And even last night, um, and shout out to my man, Jock, who mentioned in the chat room, he, he said he watched the game last night. And he said it was hard to watch. Um, you know, I don't, it, it's rare for us. I mean, normally when we see sports figures and we don't, we don't, in, in our sports lifetime, we normally don't see guys pass away, especially this early. Somebody mentioned uh, Sean Taylor. Um, that's a very good comparison. Um, we usually don't see guys this young pass away this early in their careers. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, I think, um, you know, when you, when you look at the totality of it, like Ken said, you know, he will definitely be missed. Um, and, uh, you know, the Miami Marlins organization, you know, first class organization, and I think they did a great job of, you know, paying tribute to him. And, um, you know, his, his name, they, they've already announced that they're going to retire his number. Um, his name and his memory will live on. And um, I think that's all that you can ask for. I think when you get a guy like uh, <laughs> you get a guy like Barry Bonds to love you and be hugging on you and stuff, I mean, 
And Barry Bond is not an affectionate guy at all. So um, he will definitely, definitely be missed. Hey, um, I want to um, real quick. Ahead. I was just on the opposite. <laughs> and just, I don't know if you saw the text messages that were posted, but. I saw them. Yeah, you know, Burnell, uh, Will Burnell, which is a friend of Rivero, Eduardo Rivera, and Emilio Jesus Macias. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced those names. Uh, we need uh, FIFO here. Um, right. You know, they, they also died in, in the accident as well. So I, I think we should at least, uh, you know, acknowledge that and say yeah. his name. But here's the test message. It was at 12.07 a.m. He, he said, yo, please be careful, bro. And that's what Burnell sent to Rivera. And Rivera said, I will, bro, and reply. <coughs> and then uh, Burnell wrote back, try to keep him close to shore if you go out. And this is the one. He said, trust me, Rivera wrote, it's not my time yet. And you think about how many times we text people mm-hmm. and, you know, tell them to be careful, this, that, and the other. And it's just kind of, you know, sometimes happenstance, sometimes just courtesy, you know, and – you just never know, man. But anyway, I just wanted to read that um, real quick, just just for him to write. Those were his last words, and then, man, I, I'm 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 good with that, man. Anytime I have friends or family that's traveling, I always tell them safe travels or whatever like that. And like, I will get mad at you if you go if you're going somewhere and you don't text me and let me know that you made it safe. Mm. Like that's just something my mom just always had us do, even before you know text messages or whatever like that. So you just you know, she's like, you always call and let me know when you made it home safe like that. So especially from a long trip. So um, he would definitely be missed. And we will be remiss if we did not mention, mention also the passing of golfing legend Arnold Palmer, who passed away yes. on Sunday as well. Uh, 87 years old, affectionately known as the king of golf. Uh, he will definitely, definitely be missed. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, moving on to a little lighter note. Um, there was a firing in college football, uh, and it came it came a lot earlier than probably most of us thought would happen. Um, if you, I'm not sure if you guys saw the the ending of the Auburn versus LSU game. Um, it had been billed as you know a game where the loser of the game probably was going to get fired. Uh, none of us thought that it would come so quickly. As many of you know, Les Miles was fired by LSU. Uh, after starting two and two, um, as many of you know, he was on a hot seat. I mean, he, he was all but fired last year, um, made his way back, you know, and LSU, as I mentioned, got off to a two and two start. Um, he has a national championship, but, you know, the powers that be figured that it was time for him to go. Uh, he was fired as well as uh, Cam, uh, offensive coordinator Cam Cameron. Um, Ken. Were you surprised that it happened so suddenly? No. Um, <coughs> he was, I mean, we all know he was on the hot seat um, to lose the way they lost in the first game of the season. The offense didn't look that much better the second game, and they just couldn't get right um, in the last game. You know, I, I, I found myself, and I'm a less miles Man, like same he, here. same here. Man, like I, I just love the way he coached. I love his attitude, and I love the way he just always went for it, man. Um, and, and you know, I was a fan, and I did not want to see him get fired. But I recall this season, watching them play, looking at that offense, look the same way it has looked 
for the last five years, if not more, where he can never get a quarterback. He will have these elite defenses, the, the running backs, and and receivers that we've seen um, that are that are talented, but he couldn't have it, he, nobody get him the ball. And Brandon Harris came back looking worse than he did last year. He definitely didn't improve. So what was going on? And, you know, I know there are rules and all this stuff about, you know, what they can do in the offseason, this, that, and the other that I don't know about. But the fact of the matter is it seemed like the guy didn't work with anything or they didn't work with him uh, at all as well. And um, I, I just felt that it was time. I was like, man, it, he, he just got to go. And he made a change. And, and I think he has a freshman that um, is supposed to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he played him. I think he played somebody else that wasn't a freshman. And I don't mm-hmm. know if he got um, red shirt or whatever, but um, but yeah, man, like you got Fournette. Oh my god, yeah. You're wasting this guy's talent, and and I'll be I'll be real with you guys. If I'm Leonard Fournette, I'm not risking my football career for a season that's pretty much gone. You know, we saw what happened to Nick Chubb and and um, mm-hmm. uh, Gurley. Yep. You know. Yep. Uh, Gurley, so. You know, and he's he was banged up already this season, so he needs to kind of – like, you don't want to melt it in, but you kind of need to be careful. Um, but, yeah, man, it's – sometimes they just run their course, man. And you guys know me, man. Like, I, I'm an advocate for this guy has been winning, you know, and he's you – know, so he, he deserves to stay. But Les Miles has had chances to win championships. He has won championships, and he's been – like right there multiple times, but he just could never get over the hump after, you know, the, the one or two that he won before. And I just felt that his style, the college game passed him by. Mm-hmm. And you got Deshaun Watson and Luke, Lamar Jackson running all over the field. And yep. you can't find anybody that can do that. And Brandon Harris is the best you got. And he's stinking up the joint. Nobody's going to respect him. They're going to make Fournette look, look terrible. So um, I think it was time. Just go ahead and get it done. Don't drag it out. Just go ahead and get it over with. Send him on his way and let him go find a new gig. He'll be fine. The man can coach. He can oh, coach. He can coach. And he, and he can recruit. Yeah, he can recruit. <laughs> he just can't recruit a quarterback. <laughs> or the offensive system that he has or the coaches that he has to develop the quarterbacks, just, they're just not good at that. But his mm-hmm. defense is always elite. His running games gonna be top notch. That's that's what he does. Smash my football. We're gonna play lockdown defense, mm-hmm. and at some point we're gonna break one, and then we're gonna get you back on the field, and we're gonna lock you down again, and we're just gonna keep coming and coming and coming. We're gonna wear you down by the third or fourth quarter. It's a wrap, and you 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 gas. And uh, but if you can't score, man, you're not gonna win in this league. That's a great point. That is a great point. What about you, B? Uh, surprised that uh, Les Miles got the heave hole? Yeah, I didn't even know, actually, because I don't even think I watched Sports Center Sunday. So I didn't find out to Monday when I went to work. I was talking to a couple okay. of workers, and they was like, they were like, man, Ar- Arvin and mess around and got Les Miles fired. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <"What?"> <laughs> That's when I found out. I was like, what? Because I didn't, like I said, I didn't know. 
So, but I, I mean, he did kind of make, I think, you know, him losing to Wisconsin and then, of course, that bonehead loss this past Saturday was kind of like the. And that was a tough loss, too, man, because they, they thought they had the touchdown. Right. And for him to have Burnett and, and not include some great talent around him, you know, like like Ken said, you just wasting you just wasting his talent at that point because you know you don't you don't want to be giving a dude 35, 40 carries a game and he's not even stepped foot in the pro yet. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 I <coughs> agree with uh, with Ken. If if I'm Burnett, I I pull off a, a, a clowny from uh, South Carolina. <laughs> rest of the year, Shut man. Shut it down. Get ready for them pros, man. You, you you gonna be a top one of the top draft picks if he have a good pro days and stuff, but. If I was him, I wouldn't even risk it for the rest of the season. Like I said, it's a lost cause. It's not, it's not like LSU gonna have anything to play for. And you know what's interesting? And you know, look, look, go ahead, Ken. No, I'm just saying real quick. Just look at the way they that that game ended. Like, yeah, there was no sense of urgency. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing. Right. Like they just looked poorly coached down mm-hmm. the stretch in a, in a game-winning situation. Yeah. And that, and to be honest, Ken, that has been the knock on Les Miles. That has been one of the knocks. And if you go back and look, I mean, we know because we're here in SEC country, but, dude, go back and look at the – and and I, much like Ken, I love Les Miles. I, I was of the opinion I did not want to see him get fired. I knew that losing Saturday probably would get him fired. I thought even – and I said um, even after Saturday's loss, I said, well, if he beats Alabama, he might save his job, maybe. Um, but beating Alabama is probably not going to happen anyway. Um, but if you go back and look at the recruiting classes as far as the rankings, LSU has been top five over the last, for the better part of the last six, seven years. So if you're getting the best of the talent, think about it like this. For all of you, all of you listening, there's no competition in the state of Louisiana for LSU. So you got all of Louisiana to recruit probably a good portion of the state of Texas. You can dip a little bit into Alabama. I mean, Alabama and Auburn are are fighting for recruits in that state. But you have all of the best of the best that come from the state of Louisiana. So, you know, and if you look at guys like, you know, Patrick Peterson, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Landry Kidd down in Miami, um, Honey Badger, I mean, the list goes on and on. LSU will produce pros. We know this much. I mean, they they probably have, you know, they may not have the most guys in the pros from LSU, but they've they're probably in the top five as far as college program that put guys in the pros. So, you know, whether or not the talent is there, we know that the talent is there. It's what can you do to cultivate them and coach them up. And I mean, you guys make a great point about Fournette. If you think about it, the running back position is kind of devalued in the NFL anyway. We were just talking via text, uh, talking about you know how little running backs are being used and how, excuse me, how much, you know, we need running backs or what have you. So a guy like Fournette, who's probably going to be the first running back to come up off the board. Um, you know, I don't know what he can do. Maybe he could fake a hammy or something, but I, you know, this season, I mean, get ready for the insight.com bowl. I mean, LSU is a school now that is, you know, built to win eight games. And while most of us will want our college teams to win eight games, realistically for the talent that they have, they probably should be winning a lot more than that. So <clears throat> it's going to be interesting to see what happens, um, who they bring in. Uh, we've heard some names thrown out there. Jimbo Fisher from Florida State. Um, Art Browse, the former coach at uh, Baylor. 
Uh, I've even heard Lane Kiffin, uh, the Alabama offense coordinator, which I think would be crazy, but we'll see. Um, <clears throat> so stay tuned for that. Um, major announcement happened over the weekend. Uh, somebody shutting it down, retiring the big ticket. Kevin Garnett is shutting it down after 21 years. He is retiring as a Minnesota Timberwolf. Um, while I think it probably does not come as a surprise to many people, uh, Kevin Garnett's storied career comes to an end, um, which sets up for arguably <laughs> the greatest Hall of Fame class ever of Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, and Tim Duncan. Um, B, man, what's your take on KG shutting it down, man? Yeah, um, you know, I wish he kinda, I wish he kind of had like the going out tour, kind of like what Kobe did. I wish he could have like kind of toughed it out and be like, y'all, this is going to be my last season, this upcoming season. And then, you know, we had a chance to, you know, see him going on this, on this goodbye, his wave goodbye or whatever. But I, I remember going into the summer, I can't remember where I read this on, like during the Olympics when the guys were playing, and it was people close to Garnett saying that, he was even saying that he wasn't even sure if his body can hold up for another NBA season. So I remember that's when the, the so-called retirement talk started kind of coming out in the air. So with him making this decision, it wasn't surprising. Dang, I can't remember which article I read that on. But um, yeah, him re- announcing his retirement is really not surprising because if he was already questioning that if his body can take another season, NBA season, I, at that point, and at, at his age, you know, you know, it's just like, man. But it just shows you, man, this – this uh, upcoming Hall of Fame class, because we all know, we all ain't even know assuming. We all know that they're <coughs> the first battle Hall of Famers and Duncan Garnett and Kobe Bryant. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's like those three guys, and you can probably include Paul Pierce too, are definitely like the last of the Mohicans, the last of like that yep. old school, hard nosed, I'm doing whatever I can to win type of guys. You know what I'm saying? Not saying it's not guys in the NBA that's like that now, but like, you know, back then, you like, damn near that whole era was like that. And those guys, <laughs> yeah. were like the last, they were like the last of that tip of that era, you know, that we grew up watching. You know, so yeah, that, so that Hall of Fame class is definitely going to show that Duncan, Kobe, and Garnett are definitely like those last. Of that era, and 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 I'm looking. You mentioned that I, I might have to do some research, but this might that might be the best Hall of Fame class. I, I think I think it is, man. Just off the top of my head, NBA Hall of Fame class that look better than this on paper. But I don't know, man. I think this upcoming what 2021. I think that that's when they're gonna be eligible. Yep, 2021. That's gonna be man. That's gonna probably be like one of the the, the best NBA Hall of Fame classes, man. No doubt. No doubt. And oh man, somebody just mentioned my man AJ mentioned Bosch. I forgot about Bosch. Well, Bosch has not officially retired, even though it probably is likely that he will. Yeah. What about you, Ken? Thoughts on KG's retirement? It's time, you know, and I'm glad he was there to help mentor uh, the young gun, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. That's going to be huge for him, man, because yes. that's what Kevin Garnett can teach um, somebody like him that <clears throat> kind of look at at, at at Carl Anthony Towns. You look at KG. KG was like, like one of the first guys like him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In terms of having an inside out game. Um, yep. 
So um, that's huge because he, he, he can think about the information he could give him as far as playing on the perimeter. Like, you know, Carl Anthony has a lot of it, but just that experience that he can uh, impart on, on that guy. Um, but, yeah, man, a story, story career, man. He's given us plenty of good moments mm-hmm. and, um, and lessons learned. Yes. Um, a lesson that I think LeBron learned. And, and you know, when, when he decided to leave Cleveland and go to Miami uh, because he couldn't win a ring by himself, he needed to jump on the back of Dwayne Wade. Um, he knew that he could <laughs> he knew that, and he saw. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, we we all talk about that, man. You know, you know, just playing basketball and just whatever, man. Like Kevin Garnett gave some of his best years to um to Minnesota. And uh, just being loyal, just overly loyal to that organization, which is great. Um, but there was a lesson learned from that. And I think a lot of people that came up behind him learned that lesson. And, um, and you know, you see in KD, he's going to get his, you know, as well. And he had opportunities to win, but he's trying to win a championship. And Kevin Garnett, you know, uh, going to Boston, playing with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen setting up the first big three, mm-hmm. quote unquote, in the new modern age of basketball as we that were not drafted, um, you know, like the Boston Celtics were or, or the how the Lakers were were as well. Mm-hmm. They went out and got these guys, and they put together a team, and they gave us some great years, man. I mean, those the, like I'm I wasn't even a Boston fan, but I became a Boston fan because of him and that team that they put together, and I I enjoyed it. And um, they should have won the second title. Uh, yeah. But we all know what happened. You know, the refs robbed uh, Boston in '87 <laughs> uh, in LA, giving them all those those uh, free throws, and um, and the rest is history. But he, I don't know if we'll ever see a guy with this fiery passion, his burning desire to win, and the ability to just go in every night and and put numbers on the board like Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. We're we're losing some of some of the true dogs um, of the basketball days. Like we're losing those guys, and Russell Westbrook reminds us of that. Yes, yes. That's about it. You know, I'm pretty sure if I thought harder, I could. But he's he's a guy from that era. Yeah, he he, uh, he's of that. He's cut from that cloth, definitely. Yeah, and and so. Um, but you know, the, you know, we, I'm sure we'll be fine. We have plenty of good guys to look to. But yeah, I'm gonna miss it, man. I'm gonna miss KG, man. I'm gonna miss it, man. The big ticket. Same here, man. Same here. I, I think I just it's funny because I remember KG coming, and KG was one of the few, one of the first ones to come out of high school. And he came out of high school at a time where it wasn't necessarily cool to come out of high school. And here he was, this you know, six foot eleven, wiry, wiry, rangy kid. He didn't have much of a jumper, but he was athletic as hell. And the T Wolves knew that at the time they had, um, I want to say, it was Mikhail. Mikhail was either in the front office or what have, but they knew that he could work with him as far as his post moves were concerned. And you get Garnett, and then you get Stephon Marbury, and that was supposed to be like the the next. That was supposed to be the future. Um, and of course, Marbury didn't stick around, but um, 
man, KG, his his career was incredible. Um, I think, like you said, mentoring Carl Anthony Towns, I think, will do wonders for him. Uh, I remember KG and and him, you know, dedicating his career and everything to to the late Malik Seeley, who was very close to who tragically died in a car accident. Was really really dope players as well. Um, but um, I mean, KG also, you know. <laughs> KG made like $335 million over his career. Um, so he was able to hit a lick and then hit another lick and then hit another lick after that. So he, he will be... Ticket re- for a reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was a big ticket for a reason. And, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen him, you know, stick around and, and make it happen with Stefan in Minnesota, but it wasn't to be. But like you said, you know, he realized that he had to team up. And, and you know, and I, I don't have a problem with that at all. I think KG in Boston was was huge. And, you know, KG will definitely be remembered for his intensity. He'll be remembered for, like I said, being one of the first guys to come from high school and be just as good as advertised. And if you want to know how great he was, go, you know, you can't really look at his numbers over the last couple of years because he was on the downside of his career. But look at him in his prime. Um, KG was a monster. So I got to throw this out to you guys. Where do you rank, just in your own personal opinion, where do you rank KG as far as power forwards, is he top five, top 10, top 20? Damn. In my mind, I say top 10. But I really need to make a list. I think he's, I think he's in the top 10. I got, I got to. Uh, and I know I put you guys on the spot, but. I think he's. I yeah, think he's, he's definitely top ten. Yeah, he's top ten for sure. He's definitely I think top ten. Yeah. Where, now, where he ranks at? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to sit down. Yeah, like, like Ken said, sit down and look at that. But yeah, he's definitely top ten. <clears throat> definitely, that's like a no brainer. Joining us is our homeboy FIFO. FIFO, what's going on, player? Man, not a hard day, bro. Hey, welcome, day. welcome, 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 welcome. Uh, give us your thoughts. We just finished up on KG, man. Give us your thoughts on KG shutting it down, man. We we mentioned that um, KG and uh, Kobe and Tim Duncan will be the class of 2021. Um, give us your thoughts on KG's retirement. Um, you know, I think it was about time. Um, but I don't like the way that the Minnesota Timberwolves organization has treated him in his later years. Yeah, I know he came back with Flip and – um, oh, what's the head coach? I like him. Uh, uh, what's his black name? Guy, black guy. Yeah, he's on NBA um, TV now. Uh, Sam Mitchell. Sam Mitchell. Sam Mitchell. Yeah. Love Sam Mitchell. Um, as a coach? No, as a guy. Like as a as a player. Like as a when you listen to him talk about basketball, I, I like what he says and how he breaks it down. He, he's just very simplistic with it. You know what I'm saying? And I think he was the right guy to take over after Flip. But either way, uh, I digress. Going back to what KG meant for the t- what would the Timberwolves be without Kevin Garnett as an organization? Man, as a, like, like Like, Steph Marbury was nice. You know, um, Latrell was nice. They had a couple of nice players there, but – KG cemented that organization as an organization to be messed with in the NBA. He gave that organization legitimacy. That guy was an MVP in, in, in an expansion team. The Minnesota Timberwolves, who were they? You know, so for me, I feel 
that KG should have a statue. I also feel that at this point, the same way Popovich is treating Tim Duncan is the same way that the Minnesota Timberwolves need to be treating Kevin Garnett. Pop said uh, Tim Duncan could coach whatever he wants. He could do whatever he wants. Front off, what do you want, bro? What, what, mm-hmm. what do you want? Where, 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 do you, where do we need to sign you on the dotted line? And that's how you take care of your Hall of Fame organizational building blocks. That put, they, that put your organization on the map. On the right. map. There's nobody no question. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. No, nobody was checking for the Timberwolves before KG. And, and after KG, you know, before this new nucleus, they were nothing. Mm-hmm. And I understand Tom Thibodeau is president and, 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 and all of that. I think that I, I felt some type of way about the fact that he didn't want KG as a player on that squad because KG really wanted wanted to be a player coach and Thibodeau wanted to have um, more a, a guy that can contribute even on that 12th spot. To me, I, if that's what KG wants to do, you allow him to do that. When he retires, do you want a front office job? We can we can right. use you. You're Kevin Garnett. <laughs> that Thibodeau and KG have somewhat of a relationship from their Boston days. Mm-hmm. So 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 to me. I just do not like how Thibodeau and the Minnesota um, Timberwolves and the owner have handled KG in in, in, in this part of his career. I think it, it shows the type of organization that they were from the beginning. And until they get some class about themselves and, and, and take care of this guy the way he is and should be treated as a Hall of Famer, first ballot, no question, as much as I like what Minnesota's doing, I, I like it, it just rubs me the wrong way. Even the way that they let go of Sam Mitchell, you know what I'm saying? Like, go, 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 look it up. But short, long story short, it was a couple months after they hired Thibodeau that the owner, before the owner even called them or anybody called them to make it official. So, wow. so it, it, it just was not handled the right way, you know. And, and I just feel some type of way about that, but. Kevin Garnett. Man, thanks for thanks for dropping it. I didn't even know. Yeah, man. I, I you know, I, I look, man. There's some dudes that are just super real. KG's one of them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think he could be too real, but you gotta respect that. Sometimes. And, <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, he's always real. You know. Yeah. And, and, and you know what's you know what's interesting is that KG was supposed to get a part of the ownership. Uh, when he came back to Minnesota, the idea was that he was going to – he and both he and Flip Saunders were going to be uh, part ownership. So he was going to have a piece of the team. And obviously, Flip tragically passed away suddenly. And, you know, I think that whole deal kind of fell in kind of limbo. And I, and until you said something, people, I, I'm still – to this point, I don't, I'm not even sure what they're going to do with KG when it comes to ownership, if they're going to give him a part. I mean, I think you, I think you got to make this guy part of the ownership. I mean, he is – still the face of the franchise, and it's been 20 years. Yeah, and, and, and you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm glad that he did come back because what he provided over the last year and a half to, you know, two years for Wiggins, especially for Carl Anthony Towns, is he set the foundation. He, like, I think Flip Saunders and Sam Mitchell already did that because they were not trying to expedite the process. What they wanted to do was teach these guys how to be professionals, teach these guys what it takes to win in this league, how to prepare, 
you know, all of those building block type of things. And then when you add a guy like KG to that mix, you know, there, there, you guys could go read all of the reports and, and, and stories that he's in the gym. 5 a.m., way before practice, way before anybody's there. Work like he's in the full sweat. And how old is KG? K Man, KG should be thinking about chilling on the beach right now. But he's in there working in his 20, 20th or 21st season or whatever. Like this. So you already know if I'm a rookie and this guy already has all of the accolades, I'm trying to get <clears throat> MVP, all star games, uh, um, um, championships. He already has that, and he's still doing that. I better be doing that. And Carl Anthony Towns knows that. Wiggins knows that. All them guys know that. So I'm glad that he was. He came back to bring that. And I still don't understand how you don't want that type of guy on your bench. But I digress even further. Kevin Garnett, the basketball player, Kyle, you're 1,000% right. He was one of the first guys that I seen to come in out of high school and he wasn't that dominant first year, but you saw it. You saw it like, okay, this skinny guy can play. He's just too so small for these guys. But right. once he started hitting his stride, you know, you're talking about a seven-foot guy with a step-back game, face-to-the-basket game, back-to-the-basket mm -hmm. game, and he played bigger than what he was. He was already yep. long, so he covered a lot of ground. But the tenacity that you see this old man play with, was even more ferocious when he was younger. And, and that's crazy to think because I know a lot of these young cats that watch KG or that have watched him in the, in the later years of his career think that he's kind of crazy. Oh, you think he's kind of crazy? Or the, <laughs> yeah, the, the, right. the, man, the man on the basketball court is possessed. It's right. possessed. There's nothing that's out of bounds for this guy on the basketball court, and he played that way. He fought for every rebound. He fought mm -hmm. for every basket. He got in his guys' faces. He got in other guys' faces. It did not matter. He was going to get his point across, and you knew that he was going to be the best basketball player out there. So you couldn't talk no smack because he left it all off on that court, and that's why he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. KG – it, I put it to you like this, man. A lot of these guys coming into the league now, they don't know it, but they're like a descendant from KG's <laughs> game. Like they right. would, I feel right. like there would be no KD without KG. Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Anthony Davis. Like, like KG, I think, was the first big man that I saw with ex like all around ball like guard skills too because Akeem was nice you know he he has some stuff Shaq has some stuff but I'm talking about being able to utilize that in the game like that's part of my weaponry yeah Hakeem and, and other big men could do that but they didn't need that they didn't need those guys to do that in the game K, that was part of KD the the step back the fade away you know the, the high the high release on the jump shot come up and like yeah, that you, guy, you couldn't block it you couldn't block it. There would be no Dirk Nowitzki without KG in terms of an offensive. You knowing how to utilize something like that, a player mm -hmm. like that, a weapon like that, man. KG is one of the greatest players I've ever seen. One of the best work ethics, man. And, and, and it's sad to see him go because and Tim Duncan and KG, because those three were the last real dudes. The yep. last real dude. No, I, I no. You know, I take that back. There's still one real dude left. Who? CP. Oh. And Russ, but you know, 
that's yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah we little, mentioned we mentioned Russell Russell Westbrook. Um. So yeah, man. So class of twenty fourteen. Excuse me, t- class of 2021. I don't know where I get 2114. Class of 2021. Uh, my my personal opinion, for those of you watching uh, from the Hall of Fame ceremonies, you should let Tim Duncan speak first because his, his speech is going to be real short. It might be five minutes. Um, then let KG go on and then let Kobe go last. Um, I, think that's only, <laughs> I think that's only right because Kobe, Kobe might be long-winded. Um, Nevertheless, before we move on, FIFO, um, we hit the uh, death of Jose Fernandez and, and Les Miles getting fired. You want to weigh in on those before we move on to the NFL? Um, I didn't hear. I don't know what's going on with uh, Jose Fernandez, so I don't want to comment on that unless somebody wants to fill me in real quick. Yeah, you got he got he, he died. Yeah, he um, he he died in a boating accident um, Sunday morning. And uh, he was 24, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, bright Cuban star in baseball. He, he was going to be the truth, man. Hall of Famer. Are oh, you talking about the Marlins kid? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I, I kind of saw, you know, like what was happening. I saw I saw the dude that hit the home run that said that he never hit the ball that far. But I I I, I didn't know everything that was happening with that story. Yeah. It, it, it. You know, it's sad. That's that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I know about it. So, uh, but Les Miles getting fired, man. It's about time. It's, it's, wow. <laughs> no, nah, hey, look, look. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just say, I'm gonna look. Mark Rick had a better run at UGA than Les uh, Miles had yeah. at, at LSU. You know what I'm saying? And and, he won and a championship though. Yeah, and, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about all that, FIFO. He won. He should have won. He should have won multiple. Mark Rick didn't get none. No, nah, he didn't. He didn't. But but Mark Rick was more consistent. <laughs> Les Miles has a lot of up and down years. Let's be honest with that. Mark Rick has some. T- you talking about? He should have won more. Mark Rick should have won like three. The talent that yeah. came, that came yeah, through Georgia. And Mark Rick's players always got arrested too. Man, I don't remember a lot of dudes from LSU getting re- arrested. Man, but well, um, look. Yeah. All I know is this: he has some hella talent coming there. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I am. I am not disagreeing with that. All I'm saying is this: Les Miles. I I feel like he's underperformed, and especially the last three to four years. Yeah, I he's mean, he's underperformed. And, I think. And, and, go ahead. No, like sometimes it just requires a new voice. It requires a change at the top. Sometimes that's just what's necessary. Mm-hmm. And unless you're, you know, Nick Saban, unless you're Pete Carroll in the USC days, unless you're uh, uh, Butch Davis in the UM days, you're cemented. Les Miles didn't cement anything. He he, he really hasn't. So to me, that's why I said it was about time. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's unfortunate because what we all know Les Miles almost got fired last year, and they wanted to see a change in the offense and things of that nature. And Les Miles came back with the same damn offense that he ran last year, and where you see everybody. I mean, look at and Ken made a great point. Look at what Jackson is doing at Louisville. Look at what Deshaun Watson is doing in Clemson. And you can't tell me LSU can't run. And now the and what's interesting is that the quarterbacks that LSU have are, you know, with four star recruits. So when you look at that and you see the regression, you gotta only think that it's some, you know, coaching. So, um, to his credit, Les Miles says he wants to continue to coach. So we'll see where he lands. Um, moving on to the NFL, uh, a lot of stuff is going down in the NFL. Uh, some teams are looking kind of shady. 
uh, Seattle Seahawks, <coughs> Cincinnati Bengals, Carolina Panthers, and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so about those four teams, and B, I'll start with you. Should they be worried, the Seahawks, the Bengals, the Panthers, and the Cardinals? I think all of them think, if I'm not mistaken, all of them are one and two. Nah, man, y'all know how I am with, with, with early football season stuff, man. We've we seen this so many years after years after years. <coughs> off a little shaky and slow. And now, you know, now it's looking, you know, then then come come November, December, we like, oh, man, remember when that team started off 2-4? <laughs> you know, right, right. That started off 4-0 or 5-2, and and then they, they, they slack off in the second half. So, they know squads again. You said Carolina, Seahawks, Cincinnati. Yeah, the Seahawks, the Bengals, the Panthers, and the Cardinals. I mean, if, I can't re- – I can't – be per- – I'm just saying, I'm sorry. Me personally, I just cannot really say what team to start panicking first. Uh, it, it's still early. To me, okay, so, so my – okay, so let me let me stop you there, B. So, so really. at, at what point do you – at what point do you get worried? Or should they be worried? Because um, we're only three games in now. Six. So, so, okay. You know, I, okay. I was going to say week seven. I was going to say by, like, week seven. Okay. If you still about <clears> – <throat> If you two or three games under 500 by week seven, then you could probably almost pack it up, you know. So, yeah, one and two teams is one and two, man. It's just it's it's really we seen it, man. I'm I'm just going by what my eyes seen over the past 15, 20 some years in the NFL, man. We seen mm-hmm. teams start off a little rough and they they end up finishing the season strong, man. We seen teams start off strong and they end up being a dud. So. I, I, you know, it's really hard unless unless teams got like a lot of a big major injuries. I, mean, I don't think Carolina. I mean, with Stewart, but is he considered like a major major injury? I don't see like a huge loss of injuries for them. Cincinnati, no, because Pittsburgh. I think I think Cincinnati's still kind of in a good position because we we all look we all predicting Pittsburgh to be like the head honcho right now, and they starting off kind of kind of rugged. Um, so I think Cincinnati's still good. All they got to do is win, get a couple of wins, and they back up at the top of their division. And um, who was the other ones? It was Cincinnati, Carolina, the Cardinals, Cardinals, and the Panthers. Uh, yes, they Panthers. Seahawks. Seahawks look kind of bad offensively, though. They I don't know what's going yeah, on. yeah, and Russell Wilson has a sprained yeah, knee. I don't know what I don't know what's going on with them offensively. They don't look like they just clicking right now, but. If they defense is still holding off, they'll be straight. Um, in Arizona, they just they both they both just gonna have to fight it out. They both still in good positions. Like all these teams are still in good position to take they to take their division. So it, it's just for me personally, it's just too early. I mean, unless you just want to be like a a prediction type type of dude and just be like, oh man, I caught it in week three. It <laughs> it's like really hard for me to like really say, man. But I mean, maybe Seattle just only just because their offense just looks so discombobulated right now. I don't know what's going on with them. And it's like the same, damn near like the same group of guys. So I don't know why the offense looks so out of funk. But if anyone I was to pick, I would say Seattle. Okay. Okay. What about you, FIFO? Um, Seahawks, Bengals, Panthers, and the Cardinals. Should any of these teams be worried? And if so, who? You already know who. who... Look, man, if you watch the show, you should already know what I'm going to say, man. You should know what I'm going to say. The damn Carolina Panthers. I, I called it at the beginning of the season. I said, I feel that they're going to have a Super Bowl hangover. And that's what it looks like. And hopefully they can get out of that 
but we know the Falcons to start off to a you know a, a good season. Mm. They may tail off, but if they get too far behind the eight ball, especially with Jameis Winston, that I said Tampa Bay is going to win th- that division. I think Carolina can not make the playoffs this year. I can see that happening. I can see mm. the Falcons being right at five hundred or a little bit above five hundred. Tampa Bay winning the division. Where does that put Carolina? Yeah, right? like outside like looking in. Outside looking in, and right now the Falcons are leading the division. So I, I think Carolina, I think they're the scariest one to, to lose it early be, be, because they've had so much of a high. I think that a lot of the, the social issues, pressure on Cam Newton right now, you know what I'm saying, it is, is, is weighing it. Like he does not look like he's having fun on that field like he did last year. And, and for a guy like that, that's a good barometer to know how well that team is playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so bad that his wardrobe is like, yo, what, like, you going Russell Westbrook on us <laughs> oh right now? Like, boy, like, what's happening, oh man? Oh, my God. But, Gave up his blackness. <laughs> hey, we might have to trade him, Ken. We might have to trade him. <laughs> but look, man, uh, uh, I, I, I just, when I watch the Carolina Panthers play, man, it, I hope that they can get it you know, flowing again. And like B said, it's, it's super early. I need at least six weeks because there's a difference about being three and three or two and four. There's a big difference. There's a big mm-hmm. difference. And, and so I just need about the six weeks to really know what, what these teams are. Um, I think the Cardinals are going to be all right. Um, they're going to be all right because that boy Larry looked nice. You know, they're, they're just not clicking and firing all the way. But I, I think they'll be fine. Um, I think Seattle is in the transition phase of their offense. And once they figure that out, I think they'll be fine too. Because we saw it last year with them. We saw that they got out to a slow start. They didn't really know what they was doing offensively. And the defense is always going to be there. And, and, and they're gonna, I think they're going to get clicking. Um, because the other two teams in that division, I just, come on. Come on, man. You, you dropped this guy number one. He's not even playing. Then the other team, like, the the better quarterback is sitting on the on the side. I'm not even going, you know. But that, that it is what it what it is over there on the, on the NFC West. Um, you also said the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I really have not seen enough of the Bengals to truly comment. I've only seen really like a lot of highlights and stuff like that. So I really don't know what's going on with them. But um, I know the Steelers are also, you know, not firing on all cylinders. But obviously the Steelers have way more weapons. So. I think the Bengals don't have a lot of ground to, to really give up. And you can never count out the Ravens and Joe Flacco, man. I know Ken don't like them, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, Ravens are 3-0, Ken. Yeah. Easy schedule. Hey, but, hey. <laughs> but Joe doing his thing, though. Um, I knocked my thing down. Uh, and then what was the last squad? <laughs> you, you, you had one more squad? Um, the Cardinals. I think I already I already mentioned the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Okay, yeah, Seahawks, Bengals, Bengals Panthers, and Cardinals. Okay. Yeah, I got them all. <laughs> all right, what about you, Ken? All right, so let me pull this up, man. Let's see what the show notes Cal said. Um, I think the Seahawks will be fine. Rawls is hurt. He's he'll he's out oh, a lot. Killing fantasy too, man. Yeah, me too. Uh, Should have got them handcuffs, Cal. Um, 
Man, though, I I have no running backs. I I checked my fantasy roster before I came before we came on the show. I know that I'm off on another tangent. I have no running backs. Like I, Gucci man or somebody, man. I mean, like it's it's that serious for real. I got them all, man. We <laughs> um, might have to do a trade, Ken. And I don't like trading with you, but we may have to do. A I don't trade. like trading either. But we. <laughs> um, but yeah. Now he just said. Now listen, to, you guys just listen to him. He said he has all the running backs, but he don't want to trade. Because if I trade you a running back, that means you can compete. But, Ken, you just beat me this weekend. Because you don't have any running backs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I said, you know what? This is the prime example of what we deal with with Ken. That's why – and I tweeted this out. He won the baseball – dead in the baseball league. I wasn't in the baseball league, so I, I, I have no bragging rights. But when Ken wins – he, he's tough to deal with, man. But go oh, ahead. I'm sorry. I'm talking oh, over your point. Go ahead. You just, when you said Rawls, it just got me to thinking about the running backs I don't have. I just want to say for the record that I scored 147 points to hit 55 <laughs> on the last day to, to win to still win the championship. Anyway, Seattle. Um, Rawls is hurt. We don't know how effective he'll be when he get back. If he even gets his job back, Christian Michael looked good, but Christian Michael has a tendency to look good at times, and then he goes back to being the guy that we all know. Maybe he's reformed that we will see over time. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson's injury has a lot to do with how they look because they look bad, let's be honest. But I think that Tyler mm-hmm. Lockett hasn't been an impact player that many thought he would be. Uh, Jermaine Curse is just out there just running around on the field getting a check. Um, but I think the guy that's going to transform that off and transform that team around is Jimmy Graham. I heard a lot of people in the offseason on fantasy shows and football shows writing that guy off because of the type of injury that he had. Listen, we are in 2016. Modern day science is amazing. And we are starting to see that. We have seen that with players in the NFL um, in the last few years. So um, he, he, you know, he was just hurt last year. But he looks healthy. He's rounding in the shape. And I'm telling you guys now, if you can, go draft him because nobody was drafting him. So you could have gotten him late, but he may be on the waiver wire. Get him. He will help transform that offense around because, let's face it, the guy's an elite talent. And if Doug Baldwin is running around looking like he's a number one receiver, imagine what Jimmy Graham can do once he gets familiar with the offense and in sync with Russell Wilson. Um, so I think the Seahawks will be fine. I think what helps them out is that division. Um, everybody's sputtering. And uh, are we really going to think the Rams are serious? But um, <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know. Um, the Bengals, I, I, I'm a little concerned about the Bengals. Um, but I think to their – what works to their advantage is the Steelers have, you know, obviously came out uh, and started out sluggish as well. But um, I, I think that Marvin Lewis really needs to decide on a running back. And I know they're trying to do this thunder and lightning thing, but, mm-hmm. you know, I just think, man, if sometimes it just – running backs need time to get into a rhythm. They need mm-hmm. time to kind of have a conversation back and forth with their offensive linemen, but like, yo, like, you know, when I'm going here, you might have a – like, there's a lot of communication that goes on when these guys are playing. And sometimes it takes a while to kind of see how the defense – are playing them on some of the runs so he can identify certain cutbacks. And, you know, it takes a while for certain running backs to get into a rhythm. Jeremy Hill is a beast. 
he needs enough reps to get going. Um, and, you know, maybe on – so anyway, but I think that they'll be fine, but I think we know that Brandon LaFell just isn't any good. It, uh, they need to get Tyler Boyd more involved to help take pressure off A.J. Green. Eifert will be back in uh, another week or so, and then they'll kind of start to get things clicking. Um, the Cardinals, they lucked up and got a win last week. Um, but let's be honest, the first two games of this, the first two of three haven't looked well, haven't looked good. And, and what, what does B say all the time? This, this is his thing. Where do they get tape on you? Right. Where do they get film on you? Arians has been running pretty much the same offense for the last two or three years. They got film. So now it's up for him to make his adjustments um, and be the, the God coach that, you know, everybody says he is. And, you know, he is a great coach. I'm not knocking him for that. But now, you know, he has the Belichick, that thing, man. He's got he's to have to figure it out um, because right now they're, they're locking in on what they're trying to do, um, you know, offensively. So he's going to have to um, – and, and I think he'll figure it out because David Johnson is a beast. And as long as you have David Johnson as a threat to catch a run up at, um, and break one at any given moment, you know, it's yeah. going to keep defenses, you know, on their toes. Um, and the last thing, I, I'm totally with FIFO. Um, I think the Panthers are in trouble. Um, definitely hangover is a good way to put it because when, when, when you punch Carolina in the mouth, they have no response. Denver punched them in the mouth. Saw what <laughs> they scored the first touchdown against Minnesota. Cam doing this little little little, uh, little, little juke coon and dance or whatever. No, nah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> if I'm mad at Cam right now, I'm not gonna do him like that. Hi. You know, um, Cam. You know, dancing in the zone, doing what he does. You know, and um, and then they got punched over and over and over again, and he wasn't dancing no more. <laughs> And they, yeah, they had no response. And, you know, and we've seen this over and over again. And, you know, I think that they thought they were going to run away with that game and they realized they were in a dogfight and they didn't know how to adjust accordingly. Um, but what's up? You know what, Ken? I feel that every football team needs a rah-rah guy. Every, mm-hmm. because yeah, because football does. like you can't just like like basketball you can have a whole bunch of chill guys but as long as it, at least one of them is a silent assassin you you could be all right but football every every team is a rah rah guy who's their rah rah guy because it was Josh Norman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they don't have question. a rah rah guy because you remember way back in the day even can play with them um uh Steve Smith mm-hmm. he's a rah rah guy. You know, say so he gonna get the offense fired up, the defense. If you on the Carolina, if you on the practice squad during the game, you gonna be fired up by Steve Smith. They don't I, like when I watch them play. That's what I'm saying. Like it just feels like they almost not all the way, but they stripped a little too much from that squad that made them special. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It, it, it's like yeah, they're still good, but are they special? And that's the question I have. For that entire organization, I, like be, be, because Josh Norman isn't the greatest cornerback, like physically or athletically, but he makes up for it. And I don't see another guy in that secondary like that. I don't see a, an overall rah-rah guy offensively or defensively because Cam does it, but he's more of a solo. Like, look at me, I'm Cam. 
Right. But he's not a team rah-rah guy. So I don't know, man. Like I, I, I I'm 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 I think I think they're in trouble, man. I think they are in trouble. Yeah, I, I, I do too. And I think what works out to their advantage though was helping them is like you said about the Falcons, we know what's gonna happen with them. And mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, um, and who else is it? Tampa Bay and and the Panthers too. And the Saints are just I, I got a problem with Drew Brees. Um, but I'll save that for later because he, he 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 he's getting on my damn nerves with his holier than thou uh, type of attitude. That's why you're losing, you bitch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Cam Newton, man, is too busy. I, and it was something you said, FIFO, that I, I think you're spot on, man. Like he's so concerned about peace and unity, and and trying to be inclusive for everybody that. You know, it's it's taking a little bit of the edge off of him because he's trying to prove a point off the field because he made this sudden shift that people were not ready for. And he can't – he's not the – he's responded when faced with adversity, but I don't know if it's been on a level like this where to the African-American community – I'm not going to go too heavy into this – you're looked at as a as a guy. You're you're basically coming across as somebody that that let the African community down, and they're hearing from it, you know. And you're hearing about it, and you're probably hearing about it in your personal circles. He can't avoid that, and we've seen that with the Instagram posts um, and everything. That with with him wearing the hat, talking about don't be a puppet. Um, what's the irony of him wearing the hat about not being a puppet when he had somebody coming there to teach him how to be a puppet? Um, but right. <clears throat> Nevertheless, I think all of those off the field things are starting to to impact him on the field. Walking, you know, putting on certain guard to step on the field with Martin Luther King stuff instead of just not saying nothing or going out there and and, and play. So it's going to be an interesting season for him. Look, I still like Cam as a football player. I'm disappointed in his stance and his approach. That's not going to change until he changes. Um, but that's just me. I'm just one guy on freaking Google Hangout talking. But I still like him as a player, and I'm still, you know, going to root for him because he wins, we all win. Um, but but Ken, I think he's trying to do too much, bro. Exactly. And, and do you feel that it's it's becoming more than football? You know yep. what I'm saying? It, it, it's way more than football, and it's becoming – Cam Newton, like when you become bigger than your sport, you know what I'm saying? It, it leaves zero margin for error. You know what I'm saying? Anything that you do, you are going to get highly criticized. You know, and, and, and I think that Cam, if he needs to find his solace, then he just needs to shut up and ball. Mm-hmm. I, I Get on your Marshawn Lynch. Now I'm just here so I don't get fined. Nope. Don't know. Not answering that. Boo, boo. And go out there, do your Superman thing, ball, put the Carolina Panthers on your back, and just be like, yo, like, 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 let's just go out here and shut everybody up. Like, let's not even worry about everything that's surrounding us. Mm-hmm. Because when we win, like Ken says, we all win. We all win. And winning breeds happiness. It breeds joy. Like, how many times have we seen Cam Newton on the field have that big old smile he has, that big old Kool-Aid smile mm-hmm. that he has. I haven't seen it. 
I haven't, we haven't seen, seen it much this year. And the other thing about it is that, you know, Cam got to the point where he was at last year because he was winning. And it, was, it didn't have anything to do with him, you know, speaking up for this <coughs> other. He was winning. But I think what came with that was a lot of attention. And if you listen to some of the things that Cam has said, he views himself on the level of LeBron James. But he's not there. He was getting there, but he needed to win the right. Super Bowl to get all the way there. And now Cam Newton in the offseason is trying to get there by changing certain aspects of his image to create the Cam Newton brand by being center, you know, a, a, across um, across everything. And, you know, it's, it's right now it seems like it's done more damage that, to him than, than good, you know, but – Look, it, it remains to be seen. You're, you're absolutely right. Just go on the field, win, go win a Super Bowl, and the rest will take care of itself. Marshawn Lynch, perfect example. That man became popular by, by being who he is. And it doesn't seem like Cam is being – well, they went out and hired a PR to help Cam. So Cam is not being who he is right now. Right, exactly. And, that, and you know what's interesting is that uh, – and, and I, I agree with you guys – th- I think it's too early to kind of say who's in trouble. I don't think anybody should be worried because I think uh, each of these teams is very capable of winning their divisions. In fact, at second glance, I think I picked everybody that we talked about to win the division. So I think, I think they're going to be okay. I don't much like B. I'm not necessarily looking to panic after three games. I will say this much. Each of those teams that we mentioned, Seahawks, Bengals, Panthers, and Cardinals do need to play better. The, the, the Cardinals stunk in Buffalo on Sunday. Um, the Panthers gave up eight sacks. Uh, Cam turned the ball over three times, three picks uh, against a very stout Minnesota defense, um, who we'll talk about in just a second. Um, but as far as Cam is concerned, like I, much like you can't, I'm confused because like Cam shows up to the game with the MLK quote on the back of his shirt, you know, injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere. And then after the game, he's looking like Mr. Peanut. You know, I mean, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I do. I, I don't know where you're coming from, man. I mean, you can't go from MLK to, you know, peanuts. Um, I, I will say this much, and I, and I, I think the announcers, because I watched the game um, on Sunday uh, with the Panthers and the Vikings, and I don't want to say they tried to make an excuse, but they tried to make an excuse to say, well, maybe the Panthers, they were distracted by everything that was going on in Charlotte. The Panthers, I don't know that, that, that what happened in Charlotte is, and we all know what happened this past week in Charlotte. Um, I don't know that had anything to do with the Panthers as far as how they played and because it didn't interrupt their schedules as far as, as far as what we know. Um, but, you know, as far as Cam is concerned, you know, he has to go back to winning football. And FIFO used the, the, a great term that I think gets overlooked a lot, hangover. And I think there is a, a definite hang. And this, <laughs> excuse me, this happens a lot, particularly when you won, particularly when you've gone to the Super Bowl the previous year. It's the hangover. You just think, okay, well, hey, we're just gonna show up and we'll make it back. It's not that simple. It's not that simple at all. <clears throat> excuse me. So I think um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens going forward. I think the Panthers definitely have enough. Um, but Cam has to get it together. He's the leader on that team, and, you know, they don't have a rah-rah guy. And if, if he's going to be the rah-rah guy, he's got to lead him. 
And it's not going to be about what he has on his shirt or how he looks in his post-game press conference. So um, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I mentioned a few minutes ago the Vikings. 3-0. and No Teddy Bridgewater. No Teddy Bridgewater. And no Adrian Peterson. B, are the Vikings for real? As of right now, they look like they for real. Um, <coughs> much I forgot who they head coach is, but I'll say props to him, man. Mike Zimmer. Um, he, yeah, he's, he's 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 definitely showing that he's doing a good job. You know, still keeping the troops together, keeping them fighting, winning games three and zero. And I'm not saying that hey, they gonna they gonna you know win a division. They can still possibly lose the division. There's still a lot of freaking football left. But this is definitely a good confidence booster. Going into the season, I mean, you know, starting off the season this way, three and zero. Hey, we don't got our quarterback. AP is down, and we still out here to toughen it out and manage to play well. I think they defense. I think people sleep on their defense. I think Vikings defense is is better than advertised, and then it's good that they have that next man up mentality. That you know, you still got uh, McKinnon stepping up. You still got uh, the wide receiver stepping up. QB still playing. He's playing solid. He's not like playing superstar ball. He's playing. Good management, good clock management. And the defense, like I said, is really stepping up. So as of right now, yeah, the the, the Vikings are the real deal. I think, I think, you know, hopefully they can by by like what me and people said, by week six, week seven, they'll be sitting at, you know, five and one, six and one, or something like that. Cause this 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 is really good, a good confidence <coughs> as the season progress. Cause like I said, if you feel like you can still win games without your without your guys, that that can do a lot for your psyche as a team. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think I think they they definitely starting off on a good foot, man. And if they can keep it up, who knows? They might they might run that NFC North division, but still early. <coughs> still got to see how stuff gonna play out. But right right now, the Vikings are a real deal. And like I said, props to that coach, man, for for definitely keeping them guys above water right now. Right, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Uh, Vikings three and Like I said, no Bridgewater, no. Uh, I think they lost their starting left tackle or right tackle too as well. And um, and obviously AP AP is out, I think, at least eight weeks. Uh, so it's it's they're hopeful that they'll see him back by the end of the season. Um, are the Vikings for real? Um, <laughs> it, it's hard to say. It's yep. hard to say. Well, CC, people feel the same way. <laughs> it, it's hard to say because because look. There's some real facts about the Vikings, and there's some big question marks about the Vikings. The facts are that defense for real. That's 100%. That's Mike Zimmer's forte. Them boys out there flying schematically. They on point. I think Mike Zimmer's starting to get his guys. And and if you don't think the Vikings defense is for real, then you don't know football. Now, some question marks. Sam Bradford, man of glass. I always said the boy could throw. Yo, I've always said he has arm talent. I think he can – his potential is is extremely high. But when you made out of glass, you know, like, like what that mean? That, that, that don't – like you're not going to be able to do what you can do on the field because you're not going to be available. And that's what – last two seasons, right? He has, and he's looked good. He's last year, didn't he miss like three or four games last yeah, year? Yeah, he did. I, I don't think that? he's played a full season. He has not played college. a full season. So, so if this is the first, then, you know, great job. And I have to give credit. And I think we have to give credit to the longtime offensive coordinator, the great, I think, should be Hall of Fame assistant, Norv Turner. This mm-hmm. guy, this guy takes – 
mediocre guys, mediocre players, and makes these guys look like offensive juggernauts. The type of numbers Philip Rivers was putting up with North Turner, golly, you think this guy was Drew Brees paying Manny Tom Brady? You saying Philip Rivers mediocre? I've, I'm saying no. I'm saying Philip Rivers is nice, but North Turner made this guy elite. That's, that's all I'm saying. Okay, that's all I'm saying. No, Philip Rivers. I'm not gonna, you know, not give him credit. Philip Rivers is nice, but nor, he was never better than the North Turner days. Is all I'm saying. Gotcha. You know, and, and for him to take Sam Bradford, no training camp, no nothing, and for this guy to be slinging that thing around mm-hmm. around that field the way he has. Look, I don't care how talented you are. To do that is impressive. And to do that talks to how good and how talented. I'm not going to say how good because you have to prove how good you are. But how right. talented Sam Bradford is. And also what type of a coaching staff they have over there in Minnesota. Because they were ready for the situation. Now, that's the question mark. Also, not having it like, like, okay, what's the status with AP? Is he going to come back? You know, he had the meniscus surgery. We've seen basketball players come back in a couple of weeks. We've seen Russell Westbrook do that, what, two, three times. We've seen Russ, uh, D. Rose come back from meniscus, not from the ACL, but from meniscus, you know, back in the same season. Like, like we've seen guys do or come back from this injury. So, so that's a big question mark. Can they continue to do this? While get while getting film, how 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 B likes to say, get film on Sam Bradford and North Turner on what they want to do, and now we don't even got to worry about AP. So that that's a big question mark. So I I really don't know what these guys truly are. Now I think they're talented, but I still don't think they're the best team in the division because I I'm the one that picked uh uh didn't I pick the Packers? Yeah, I, yeah, I think Packers. he did. I picked the Packers to make it to the Super Bowl. So, you know, I definitely don't think they're the best team in the division. But, um, hey, I've got to give them props because they look good. They don't They don't look like a fluky team. Okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Um, I think it's impressive. And I think at some point when Sam Bradford does learn the offense, look out. Because we saw what – Peyton Manning did last year. We see what Trace Trevor Simeon is doing this year. Yeah. Ball. We have a defense like <laughs> the Vikings have, like the Broncos have this year <clears throat> and last year. Now they they you know they got touched up a little bit, but where's hurt. So that had a lot to do with it. But um with that defense and the talent of Sam Bradford providing, he stays on the field. Um who knows what they can do? Because Jared McKinnon, it, people, I don't know if you guys have read up on this guy or seen any of the stuff about this guy, but they say, they say this guy is the most is a freak, is an athletic freak by <laughs> scientific sports science measurements, all this other stuff, and and uh, he says chart he's he's off the charts. Um, so once they get him going, and he's um, the replacement for Adrian Peterson. Who knows what's going to happen? Because, you know, he can pop one at any given moment. Stephon Diggs' route running is balling. I mean, people talking about he's on the level of Antonio Brown. And if you've ever seen that guy play, you can see why they say that. And if they get – if I don't know what's going on with Laquan, with Laquan Treadwell. 
Um, but they haven't even unleashed him. They said his yeah, route he running, hadn't even really really hit the field yet. Yeah, they say his route running needs a little work, but I think there was a sense of entitlement uh, that came with him as well. Um, and I think he's you know they're basically just humbling the guy and making him earn a spot because there's no way Charles Johnson and uh, Cheryl or whoever this other third guy is is better than Laquan Treadwell. So um, I think you know as long as they're managing to win without him and getting him right, he'll uh, he'll be on the field. And then you got. Uh, two receivers that can catch the ball and you got Sam Bradford throwing throwing that pill around. So at that point, and you got a running back and you got a thunder lightning combo with Asiata who runs like he got bricks in his shoes, but he's a good pass protector. And they're going to need that with them losing their tackle. But look, man, look, <coughs> And we look, we've seen how Green Bay Green Bay has looked so far. I don't care what they just did to the Detroit uh Lions. You know, they haven't looked good. And they have Aaron Rodgers, but we've seen teams shut them down. Their offense is sputtering. I don't I don't care about 30 something. They put up most of that in the first first half. You know, and um so I, I think the Vikings we've seen them do this before. Have we not? We've seen them we get to the playoffs before with a, a subpar offense and just behind Adrian Peterson. This is not unusual. This is not something un- that's uncommon. They can do it again. And getting off to a hot start counts because you got, what, three wins um, in the bag already. So, you know, that that's good. So you just need to just keep putting forth the same effort. Sam Bradford learns the offense, and we see what happens for that. Like Ralph said, they are talented. They got talent all over the field. So if, if Zimmer can put it all together and North Turner can, can get them boys clicking the offense, y'all need to look out, man. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I've been impressed with what they've done thus far. Like I said, it's three games, but, I mean, really to shut down Aaron Rodgers and then to come back the following week on a short week at that. Uh, and shut down Cam, I think you got to give him props. Uh, much like FIFA, I'm very surprised that Sam Bradford, uh, I think the biggest thing is you got to <laughs> – you just got to hope he doesn't get hurt. And, I mean, See, he's probably going to get hurt. In that and, game, did you watch the game? When he got hurt and he left yeah. the field, everybody's like, oh, here it go again. Oh, here and, go. oh <laughs> look, I was right. They <laughs> lost the first-round pick for this guy, and then he came back and he bought. Right, right. And I think that's the thing, man. I mean, I think that's where people, you know, their biggest fears is that he's he's not going to live up to the billing of what they gave up for him. And, and we remember when, when the trade happened, you know, people were saying, oh, man, you know, they gave up too much. But, you know, really and truly that the backs were against the wall as far as what they could or couldn't do, having lost, um, you know, uh, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. So We'll see, man. Um, I, but I, I think they're, they're legit. If you can play defense, I mean, last year's Broncos showed us if you can play defense, you can win. And I mean, that's all that you really, really need. Because truth be told, Peyton Manning stunk the back the back half of last season, and you know, even in the playoffs. But that defense held them up. So you know, and I'm not saying that they're on that level, but if they continue to play like this, you know, watch out. Zimmer's got like as I said, they Zimmer's got this team flying around and. When you play defense in the NFL, which a lot of teams can't do, and uh, you can stop people and get off the field, you'll be okay. You will definitely be okay. Um, 
let me go ahead and you know we can jump to we can jump the NBA training camp as I mentioned um, starts I think NBA a lot of training camps have, at least media day uh, has been happening for most teams over the last day or so um, as we uh, saw on TV and heard on the internet um, LeBron had some comments uh, LeBron meeting with the media for the first time since uh, the comments that he made about, you know, chasing Jordan and all nine. Uh, but something he said, there was a long actual clip of what he said, and I'm pretty sure most of you saw it. Uh, he talked about, you know, the state of affairs socially in this country. And he went into talking about his 12 year old son who will in a few more years be old enough to drive and, you know, whether or not his son would make it through an encounter with the police. Uh, he followed that up by saying, all lives matter. And I'm only giving you just the, the abbreviated version of it. But, and I, I will be the first to admit, and we've, we've talked about it on the show that, you know, I'm not necessarily one to necessarily criticize athletes for stating what they believe, if that's what they believe, even if they believe differently from what I believe. Uh, that being said, it sounds, at least from the clip, if you listen to the clip, it sounds as if LeBron is trying to play both sides of the defense. Uh, as Cam was trying to do, <laughs> I think, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, Ken, I'll start with you, man. What, what did you make of LeBron's comments? It was a trigger word or trigger phrase that um, set people off. <coughs> uh, you know, I listened to his comments. I read his comments. Um, as I said on Twitter, LeBron has definitely spoken out against it. He's... he's done a lot for the community. We can't knock that. He's not above critique, though, um, you know, for certain things that he do, just like we all are um, subject to critique if we do something that warrants it. Um, listening to it and reading it, it was fine. He was speaking out against it. He, he stated his fear as a millionaire, having a black son, afraid of him being killed by the police. He was very clear in saying that, um, which, you know, is something because you're basically acknowledging that it exists. We know he spoke out at the ESPYs um, before. We know he wore the I Can't Breathe shirt. He received criticism for, um, you know, not knowing much about the murders that happened in his own backyard. Um, right. But we also have to respect him for not speaking out on something ill-advised. Um, he was de he definitely said he was he was 100% down with, with uh, Kaepernick and respects why he's doing it and, you know, acknowledge, you know, his approach is peaceful, et cetera, et cetera. Everything was going fine for LeBron until he said that one phrase, all lives matter. And I think that's, that's a trigger word for black people. Um, and I think that's where <coughs> some of us had issues um, because, it, like you said, Kyle, it does sound like he was just trying to just throw the other side a little bone because he was he was going, you know, he was very direct and to the point about what he was saying. He was, but you know, it was like, oh wait, let me let me let me let me just pull back a little bit and just be like, hey, I'm still here. <laughs> and um. And I think because of that, you know, I, I, I was a little harsh on him yesterday. But like I said on Twitter, man, I'll take LeBron over Cam right now any day. 
because Cam is bleaching his skin. LeBron isn't. LeBron just became corporate for a little bit. And I don't like that he said it because, you know, same thing with, with Cam and, and Richard Sherman. When you say that phrase, it removes the <clears throat> behind the Black Lives Matter because you're reiterating or saying something that's common for a lot of people. We're just highlighting what's going on right now with people of color that seems to be or not seems to be, that is messed up. So everything was good until he said that point, but, um, and I don't like it. I still don't. Um, and, and LeBron is corporate, man. LeBron's not going to mess up his money. Uh, he, he never has. And LeBron, like I said on Twitter, got into it with a couple of boneheaded people that don't understand <laughs> what I'm saying is LeBron is safe. LeBron has been safe his whole career. You know, he didn't acknowledge that he was chasing Jordan until he made history. That gave people and him some credibility into chasing Jordan because he did something Jordan has never done and no one has done. Um, you know, people are like, oh, well, he said he's always be the greatest. Get out of here with that. Everybody says that um, when, you're, when you're playing a sport and you're playing it for, you know, competitive. Um, so I'm not buying that. You know, be direct. Say what you mean and mean what you say. And he said it finally. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so yeah, I, I think it was just a trigger word. And I was disappointed that he said it. But like you, Kyle, I think he was trying to play both sides of the fence. But I'm not going to sit here and just rip the guy a new one. Because LeBron, while that times have been safe, he's been putting on his, his big one points and – He's been out there, and, and him and Chris Paul Mello and Dwayne Wade have – I think they were really one of the first guys to really kick this whole thing off, if you want to be mm -hmm. honest about it. Yeah, truthfully, yeah, they have. Yeah, so they said their part right after we sat on this very show and argued about athletes and uh, role in social issues. And then they said it, and they hit them cap and everything like that. So he's just saying that, look, I'm going to – I'm going to stand. This is what I do. And we all know this. I mean, they have to stand. Anyway. Um, and, you know, but that's not going to say I'm not going. He's not going to rip cap for not standing. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's just saying this is what I do and this is how I'm going to do it. Unlike Drew Brees, who decided, never mind, I'm not going to even get on Drew Brees. <laughs> uh, same thing with Steph Curry. I want to bring him in here, too, uh, real quick, because he said oh. the same thing. I just said I'm going to stand, but I've been having some conversations, you know, off the grid, which is fine. You know, I think the whole Warriors have spoken out um, mm -hmm. and said that Cap's message has been um, not fully received or understood. We already talked about Kerr last week on this show. So they're doing their part in their way. You know, everyone out here don't have to take a knee. You know what I'm saying? And I think – Greg Pop even saying some stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we don't need everybody to take a knee. But like I said, LeBron and, and, and Dwayne Wade and Chris Paul and Melo, they kicked this thing off, man, and they're doing their part. They did their part. They're going to continue to do their part. LeBron James just really, – I, I think in the back of his mind, he was like, oh, let me just put this out here so I don't get ripped. And uh, and he, he got a little corporate for us a little bit. And the, the All Lives Matter phrase is it's a trigger, man, for us, and we, we, we react to it. But everything else he said, man – up to that point was on point. And um and I will acknowledge that for LeBron. 
What about you, FIFO? Uh, thoughts on LeBron's comments? You know, I 100% agree with Ken um, because what what happens is you don't like like the whole Black Lives Matter thing is it's not about stating the obvious. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, all lives matter, but mm-hmm. Black lives should matter too. But the whole Black Lives Matters movement is about the fact that we get treated disproportionately. So Black lives are supposed to matter. And, and Ken, Ken's 100% right. And, I, and I, I get it. I understand. Like, LeBron signed a billion-dollar Nike shooter. This is a black billionaire. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and still, in, in the tail end of his time of his career, like that mm-hmm. doesn't happen often. <clears throat> like, like the level of influence that LeBron has right now over everything. I think we've only seen Michael Jordan at a higher level than that. Let's be honest. And and the fact that LeBron stands on social issues while playing is huge. And how many times has he been on the wrong side of something? You know what I'm saying? So I, obviously I'm building up this case, but I, I definitely feel like Ken, like, it's like he hit it, and you know it was going to hit out the park, but it didn't go out the park, and he got a triple. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could have scored. You could have scored, but you but you got the triple, and it's good because, you know, you probably got a couple RBIs out of it, but, man, we could have just sealed it. And, 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 and that's – it's like it's, it's still an issue. And, and, and again, I, I understand, like, when you are that that guy in in sports, like like there's nobody above LeBron James when you're talking sports. We're like we're just talking athletes. Who is a bigger <coughs> athlete globally than LeBron James? There is no athlete bigger. Nobody. So I, I understand it. But at the same time, Everything you've done is supposed to make people feel uncomfortable. So don't make it okay now. Mm. Continue to push that issue. Continue to make it uncomfortable. Continue to make it a point every opportunity you get because you are on that platform. And mind you, that I think basketball is more understanding regarding social issues than the NFL is. So so I think that he has a platform that will back him in the sentiments of all of every of all of the social injustices. So I think that LeBron, CP, Dwayne Wade and Carmelo need to take it a step further. And I think that this right here would have been a good way to, to kind of see what's going to happen, like, for the rest of this season. Now it's kind of like, okay, so are we going to get all of these guys, like, on the brink and then stepping back? Or are we just going to really go at it and really be like, look, these are ish like, – like, like, really hit all of those trigger points Ken's talking about? Or are we going to just – okay, well, maybe we cross the line. Let me tiptoe back. Or are we going to, like, really let the floodgates open? So I, I, I think it's interesting. I understand it. But um, I think LeBron missed an opportunity. I do too. And, and and the thing about it, man, is is like that's why that's what makes it so disappointing. Because you're absolutely right, FIFO. 
If LeBron calls, who's not taking that phone call? Exactly. He just mm-hmm. say it. You still picking up that phone call because that's money on the other end, just off his name alone. So he has very little to lose, you know, off that. And we're not making, I'm not making excuses for LeBron because of his corporate interests or anything like that. You know, while I understand it, I'm still disappointed that he didn't go all the way like he, like I wanted him to, like I felt he should have. And, um, but I'm not going to go as far as some people on Twitter to call him a coon. Like, that's ridiculous. No, no, no. He's not Jason Whitlock. No. Yeah, you get you guys are not paying attention, but you just wanted him to go all the way, and, and you're right, man. He he missed the moment to really kind of help in, in a way that like if Jay Z out here saying it, if Jordan has stepped out here, right? If you're chasing Jordan's goals, bro. Come on. Yeah. And, 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 and on that plat on the first day of your platform, on the first day. On mm-hmm. the first thing, mm-hmm. because because if we go back, right, and, and we look at Dr. Martin Luther King, we look at the Malcolm, we look at everybody that was in front of uh, 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 civil rights movements. It was every day for them. There was no holding back. There was no tiptoe. Because because, and, and that's why I say like we're too comfortable. Like, like those guys were not comfortable. Yes, there is progress. Yes, we've made strides. Yes, it is better, but it's not where it needs to be. And until we get these these people that have everybody's ears, like Martin Luther King had at that time, and I'm not comparing LeBron to Martin Luther King, but they both have a voice. And when you have that voice, you cannot hold back. That is why, and I'll bring it to you right now dead in hip-hop's motto is no politics no bs anything that has a dead end brand to it will stand by that motto mm-hmm. that is something we established from day one no politics no bs that will never happen i i don't know what that is i'm gonna go hard for my opinion what i believe in all day every day and and I'm not gonna hold back for nobody. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. And I feel that until we see not only LeBron James, but I know that there's a lot of white athletes that may feel down for the cause or whatever. I, everybody needs to go all in because this is not just a black problem. This is a human problem. This a is an American boy, A six-year-old boy was shot, and the cop, white boy. And the and the cop would claim self defense. <laughs> oh my god! Come on, man, it's crazy. <clears throat> what about you, B? Your thoughts on uh, LeBron's comments? Uh, yeah, I think FIFO said one line that was that summed it up perfectly. I think LeBron kind of missed the opportunity to like really say something. And I and I and just to, to piggyback off Ken's point, I think. I think when when this press conference was about to go down, I think our expectations for LeBron was so high for him to kind of really, you know, speak on this because of what he did to ESPYs. Like mm-hmm. like he said, what we've seen him done in the past, him speaking up on these social issues. And with this, with this fresh in our minds, what's been going on in this country recently with the police shootings, we was expecting LeBron to be like, we was like, come on, LeBron, take us home. Take us home. <laughs> and it was kind of like a... <clears throat> He like like people say he he didn't seize the opportunity, seize the moment to really like push it home. Like Ken said, he kind of 
he touched back a little bit. But Ken, hey, did you peep how how uh Richard Sherman kind of came back to his brother senses when he had that one press conference recently? Yep. Because yep. you know what it Didn't was? Take any I questions think, either? Yeah, I think I think he was trying to like. I guess somewhat be nice to you know other folks. And he was camming it up. He was camming it up, but then when he saw <laughs> he saw these recent shootings, he was like, "All right, well, I tried to be nice, so let me let me let me come back to my nigga moment." <laughs> I mean, in a nutshell version. So, but yeah, I mean, back to LeBron. I, I just I really think, you know, we we was having so many high expectations from what he's been doing in the past. I think with this press conference, it was kind of like. Oh, but at the same time, you still you can't really you can't cut him off like you can't cam him like Ken said you can't cam him yet because of what he's done, you know what he's been doing in the in the in the community with taking all the kids from Akron to college, yep, and college right, done, taking the kids to college and stuff, <clears throat> all that other stuff, everything he's done, he his resume is thick, so mm-hmm. you can't really go against that resume. But it was like, dang, LeBron, like, ah. Uh, we wanted that Paul Mooney moment, man, but we we didn't get it from you in this press conference. This is this was the perfect time for you to do that, and he didn't do it. I agree. I, th- I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I think it it was especially the way that if you look at the clip, the way that he started and he started telling the story. I mean, when you talk, when I- any parent when they talk about their children, you know, especially you know, LeBron doesn't necessarily talk publicly a, a lot about his kids. Uh, that humanizes it. And it humanizes the story. And so there are people that are listening. And one thing you have to, he has to understand, and I'm pretty sure he does, but he has a huge platform. And on his platform, he's able to reach a lot of people. And I think what happens is when he talks, like you said, not only is he money, but he brings in money. And he has touch with corporations and things of that nature. And those are the people when you, and someone in the chat room mentioned it, when you, when you bring in the money aspect, you can affect change. Um, we mentioned, I think it was last week, uh, the San Francisco 49ers donated a million dollars. When you when you have people, particularly people who aren't of color, who have power, and when they have influence, when they get involved, then you can evoke change. I mean, it's great that we're having this type of discussion, and it's great that we're having these discussions with people who may not necessarily look like us, but when it rises up the, the, the ladder uh, of society, that's when you really, really, really can evoke change. I think one of the biggest things that history will teach you, if you look at, and and I'm gonna end on this and then we'll go to the one gotta go before we get out of here. If you look at the the civil rights struggle, one of the key components in this, in the, the ending of that period of time was that there were a huge segment of white folks across the country who, weren't necessarily privy to what was going on in the South, but they were turning on their TV every night, you know, watching the nightly news, and they were seeing Black people getting hosed, and dogs, um, you know, were, were let on them and stuff like that. And they, it looked like, to especially to the, the white folks that live in the North and in the West, it looked like a foreign country. And they, they, they collectively said, well, look, we can't have this happening in our country. These people don't deserve this. And I think you know, from what we're seeing, and hopefully the judicial system will play out in these cases, um, it, it's unfortunate. I, 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 we, there should not be another murdered, unarmed, and I don't want to have a debate about whether or not someone had a gun or not. I mean, that's, we're not going to do that. 
but that's, that that shouldn't be. And the fact that we have that someone has to produce a video to show you that they were unarmed and they didn't pose a threat and they still got killed anyway. People don't understand. Like when someone gets killed, ain't no coming. This ain't Grand Theft Auto. You're not coming back from that. So these are real life situations. And I think when you have a platform, you have to use it. <clears throat> I think you can use it and should use it to the best of your ability. Um, and for these athletes, you know, particularly with Captain, I think Kim made a great point. No, everybody didn't have, didn't have to take a knee. Everybody necessarily have to stand up. Everybody didn't. But do your part. Bring awareness to it. Have conversations about it. Talk to those around you, people who don't necessarily look like you or say or share in your beliefs and your values. Then we can start, start to see some type of change. But it starts there. It starts with the conversation because it's far too long. These conversations aren't happening. But I think what we're seeing is you know, these conversations have to happen because, and the reason why, if you, and if you guys have been tuning into Dead End Sports, I mean, we've been talking, we've had a segment on this probably for the last, what, two months, maybe? It may be longer than that. It feels like, and it's like, and it's not like we say, okay, well, hey, we're just going to stick to sports. I mean, this is a part of life and it's bleeding into sports. And it's going to, to be honest, it's going to continue to be a part of the conversation with sports and going to be a continue to be a conversation for us because this is what we do. But um, I, I agree with, with you guys 100%. I think LeBron, and I'm not knocking LeBron because he's done a lot, but I think he, like FIFO hit the nail on the head. He, he hit a triple, but he could have hit a grand slam. <laughs> so, you know, there it is. So, hey, before we go to one, gotta go. go ahead. Um, I just want to say this on Drew Brees real quick because I saw his comment last night about the Saints and the Falcons standing on the field in solidarity or whatever. Yeah, um, talking about that's the appropriate way a way to show unity. Um, listen here, Drew Brees. <laughs> you may not agree with Cape's methods, but feel showing unity mm-hmm. because if he didn't do what he did and like that sparked that set the world on fire. You wouldn't have done that. Nope. You wouldn't have done exactly. that. And, nope. and the fact that it, it's not about unity. It's not about unity. It's about disrespect. It's about the fact that this country has disrespected us, and I am giving you a small taste of that disrespect. A small, and you can't even handle it. Not even for, 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 for however long that the national anthem is, you can't even handle it for that amount of time. And we've been doing it for over how many years? How many years? Still to this day, FIFO, there was a, a Nebraska football player. There were people telling him he should have been hung. Crazy. There were uh, uh, somebody else yeah. was standing down and people reacted and said, eh, just all kind of reactions, man. But that's what we're dealing with. So, yeah, so, that's what so, we're dealing with. So there ain't no appropriate way to handle disrespect. If I have to, if I feel that I've been disrespected and I got to disrespect you, then you know what? Two wrongs make, don't always make a right. But if I'm disrespected, you might just get disrespected. And you better deal with the consequences after you disrespect me. Regardless if I, if I handle and it I, the right way or the wrong way. And I think Draymond Green made a great point. I think he, he said that, you know, people are more, they they really need to understand the issues that Kaepernick is standing for or, or not stand or you know taking a knee for as opposed to him just taking a knee. 
And I think, you know, when you, and like we mentioned the, the word uncomfortable, yes, yeah, uncomfortable. These kind of conversations are supposed to be uncomfortable. But if you don't have, you, you know, the elephant's in the room, the pink elephant, and you can't ignore the elephant because the elephant's only getting bigger. So we will continue to discuss it. Um, we will continue to discuss it, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, we will be moving in the right direction. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Before we get out of here, man, as we do each and every week, uh, one got to go. Uh, these are not from me. These are from my homie, my mellow, my man, Eclectic. You can follow him on Twitter at Eclectic or follow him at one, the number one got to go. Uh, it's real simple. We'll give you four choices. You pick one. The other one has to leave infinity. Just that simple. All right. So I'm going to throw a little softball up first. BZ430. Let's start with food. One got to go. Pizza, wings, burgers, or tacos. One got to go. Buy tacos. <laughs> Just that simple, huh? Yeah, that was an easy one for me. Ken, what about you? Yeah, I, I'm not messing with, with tacos, man. You know, because um, I don't really even like hard shell tacos are like soft tacos, but then they get a little messy and you get a taco sauce on your hands and, you know, I ain't got time for all that. So, um, yeah, tacos can go. Plus, you know, you don't get full. It's like, you know. Yeah, you got to eat like seven tacos to get Yeah, I, yeah I need about <laughs> seven or ten of them bad boys. <laughs> what about you, FIFO? Pizza, wing, or burgers, or tacos? I can't decide between wings and tacos. The only reason why I'm leaning toward tacos is because you can have a whole bunch of different types of wings. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, you're not a fan of wings, FIFO? No, I'm I'm a fan of all four of these. So okay. this is hard. I'm a fat boy now. Okay. I eat like I'm 350. I eat like I should be on a D line to, somewhere. Real talk. I was about to check. <laughs> okay. But um, no, I probably I probably let go to tacos if I had to choose one. Yeah, same here. Same here. I'll complete the set. It's tacos. Got to go. All right, music. Now, the music that I'm going to give you, what's, what's, the common theme here is that all of these albums are double albums. Oh. Um, all right, FIFO, you up first. Speaker Box, Love Below. Not going anywhere. Life After Death. Blueprint 2 or All Eyes on Me. One got to go. Um, life After Death. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Beasy. Speaker box, love below, life after death, blueprint two are all eyes on me. Blueprint two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's easy to I, I, I think I'm with B. Uh, yeah, blueprint two, man. Um, just... Too, too many fillers on that. Fillers, yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Blueprint too. That's that's and it's and I've always said, man, it's hard to do a double album. Um, actually, all of them. I, well, no. Speak about to me. Speak about Club Below didn't have that many fillers on it, but I think all of those on it. But yeah, I got to get rid of Blueprint too. Um. All right, Ken. Movies. Mm -mm. Juice. Menace to Society, Boys in the Hood, or New Jack City? 
One got to go. Tupac was crazy in Juice. <laughs> uh. Juice, Menace to Society, Boys in the Hood, or New Jack City? I think I remember answering that on Twitter one time. New Jack City. Oh, for real? Damn. I yeah, I'll, I'll watch the other three before I watch New Jack City, man. I, You know, uh, I know my brother's keepers and all that other stuff, man. You know, Brown, the Duddle man, G I know, Buddy. man. I, I know, Ice man, tea. but Minnesota Society and, and Boys in the Hood. But Ice T. Man, but man, you you, I, you know, like Boys in the Hood and Minnesota Society when, yeah, when they yeah, these <coughs> man, like the impact they had everywhere because they opened up like a mm. world to everybody that wasn't in that world and and we had uh, oh the soundtrack oh my god nah yeah I, I gotta keep those and you know Tupac rolling juice is just you gotta keep that <sighs> nobody knew nobody knew he just popped up on scene. okay you know okay. sorry Nino Brown okay okay all right FIFO juice minister society boys in the hood or New Jack City I'm with Ken, man. New Jack City. I like exactly like him. I would watch the other three before I would watch New Jack City again. The soundtrack was incredible, though. It was. It was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, all four of the movies is dope. Now, come on now. So we're not saying nothing's bad. Yeah, yeah, just, you're right. You're right. You're you know. Right. Actually, all four of them had dope ass soundtracks. Why you mm -hmm. think about it? <laughs> Nobody makes soundtracks anymore. I know. What about you? I'll start. Very much so. Um, damn. Compton had a dope soundtrack. Hell yeah! Damn man, I remember. I think I so did dope. I think I remember answering this, and I think I kept going back and forth between. <laughs> was it between New Jack City and Juice? I think I was going back and forth between those because I was really going. I was really basing. It <coughs> off, I was really basing it off the acting. Okay. Like, which movie? Probably had the worst acting <laughs> out of all four of them, and it was yeah, it was a toss up. I I really I don't think I picked. I kept going back and forth between New Jack and Juice, New Jack and Juice, New Jack and Juice. Um, dang, oh, I wish I remember that tweet. That was so long ago too, man. When I was yeah, I know. But yeah, Menace and Boys is definitely not, they, they are they're not being touched. Um, I, I fucking love Menace. I can quote that movie from beginning to the end. Like, <laughs> real. Like, uh, I think I know the words. All of these man, movies. I know that. I know every scene. I can act out every scene. Everything. If they was doing a Menace, a uh, 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 play, I would. I would. I don't want to act in that because I know the whole movie. But um, I. No, it's New Jack City gave us one of the best crackhead roles ever, though, in Pookie. <laughs> <laughs> I, you say you was the prom queen, I, now you the prom fiend. I think, I think I went with Juice only because besides Tupac, no one, I mean, and, and I, I like Omar Epps too, but besides Tupac, no one else was really memorable as far as the acting. Samuel Jackson! No one else was really memorable <laughs> besides Because <laughs> Juice was like, Juice was like the Tupac, like that put, I mean, that was trash. Yeah, as far as acting, come on, man. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what, I think I did one with Juice because I was like, yeah, besides Tupac, we all, we all remember Tupac. 
We didn't right. remember no one else. I mean, of course, yeah, we know still Raheem and, and Q, but like wasn't nobody really out there in that movie juice except for Pac. Pac Pop yeah. well, he was the show. killing it though, B. He was killing it, man. But oh, come on, man. That... That's it. See, New Jack City, you got so many different characters. You got Nino Brown, you got uh Rockabye Babe, you got her, you got you got um Stutterman. Um, Shout out to Bill yeah, Nunn. Rest yeah, in you peace. Got you, got you got so many different characters that you can remember in New Jack City. But with Juice, it was like all we remember was Pac. We were like, man, Pac was nuts. Like, that's all we remember. But at least in all the, and even even in Menace, you had a lot of different people in Menace. You had a lot of different people in Boys in the Hood. But you didn't have nobody else really in Juice. It was like Juice, you had Pac, that was it. Who else really holds okay. the torch in, in Juice? Nobody. I said Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> like I said, man, we have, I, I'm going to have to go on that. Just, just based off just the acting. Like, right. Like, overall, you know what? Overall. You said that last time. I was kind of tripping, right? Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, look, look. Hey, Ken, Ken, you keep, Ken, you keep quoting uh, Tupac. Give me some different quotes. You all you quoting is Tupac. That's all I need to quote. Yeah. Like I said, all the other movies we can remember quotes from all different actors and actresses. We don't remember them. In Sit your we five dollar ass down before I make change. That's it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go with Juice. Okay, I'm gonna go New Jack City, man. If you if you held a gun to my head, but I that's tough. And like you said, FIFA, the, the soundtracks, man. Sheesh. For those of you listening that are young, if you don't know what a movie soundtrack is, look it up. They don't make them anymore. I don't know why. Like Ken said, it's a lost art. Um, all right, two more before we get out of here. Um, FIFO. Singers. Luther. Stevie. Prince or Michael? One gotta go. Uh, Stevie, Luther, Prince, or Michael? I already got my pick. This is hard. It is. Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm go with Stevie Wonder because um, like I, I I grew up on his music, but mm-hmm. the other three were just way more memorable. Like like Luther, like you remember, you had Skinny Luther and Fat Luther. Yeah, right, right, right. You know what right. I'm saying? And then you had, you know, come on, man, who, 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 man? And then Michael Jack, that's untouchable, untouchable. Yeah, Michael Jackson is untouchable. And so, did you did you grow up on the back end of Stevie stuff or his earliest stuff? Back end. Okay, okay, wow. okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. You wouldn't be saying that if you if you knew his earliest stuff. But I got. Well, that, but that's that's why I asked. Mine's is Luther. Mine is, this is easy for me. Yeah. I, Stevie is untouched. Stevie I, is not being touched. Stevie Wonder wanna... is actually untouchable yeah, pretty much is. from like 65 to like 85. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get rid of Luther, man, but he got to go. I, I can't touch that these other easy. three. All right, so when you said Luther and the other three, I like Luther. Luther. What about you, Ken? Yeah, Luther. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Damn. Luther, yeah. Man. All right, beneath your feet, partner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's let's throw this out here to ladies before we get out of here, man. Strictly on looks, we're going strictly looks. Um, Ken, Stacy Dash, Halle Berry, Nia Long, or Sally Richardson. Oh, I got my. I got this. This is easy. Look, Stacy Dash. Stacy Dash. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get up, get, get, out of here, man. Exactly, man. 
She ain't no sister. <laughs> she does. And another thing, she's not aging good either. She looks a mess now. Like, well, I, oh, yeah. you know what? Maybe I should have said. Maybe I should have yeah. said in her prime. Nope. In prime. Nah, it, it didn't matter. Didn't matter. Yeah, I I got to get rid of Stacy too. <laughs> that wasn't that, that wasn't as hard as I thought as I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> that's a coon. Yeah, oh that's God. a coon. Yeah, and I tr- I try to throw that. I try to get you know not use that in my 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 thought process and get rid of them. But yeah, I got to get her out. Of, she got to get up out of the paint. <sighs> we'll take her when she's ready to come back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She more welcome to come back. I don't th- I don't think we I don't think she ever coming back. She's weird. yeah right. She yeah you're right. B she ain't aging well. No, not at all. I'm put her up on Google. The latest king. Hey man, another another week is done. Um, before we get out of here, Ken, tell everybody what you guys got going on in the city. Uh, when's that? Next week? Yeah, next Friday, uh, two p.m. Damn, that is next Friday, huh? Yeah, yeah man. Ageism in hip hop. Uh, it's it's ding 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 ding. It's gonna be the old heads versus the old school versus the new school, man. Uh, me, B, and Mike versus Jay Burritos, Yo from DJ Booth, Jay Burritos from Runaway Jukebox, um, and uh, and FIFO. So, um, yeah, that's what we're doing, man. So if you guys are in the A3C or you're going to be in the city, make sure you guys come through and check us out because uh, we're going to be going at it, man. I'm gonna, we're going to put these uh, young bucks in that place. Nah, man. nah. See, 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 look, I don't have to defend no crazy statements no more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So, <laughs> like, cause that right there almost defeated our whole thing. I had to, I had to skirt around that. You know what I'm saying? We're not gonna have them type of incidents no more, man. So, wait a minute, so, wait a minute. That, so who, who is it again? Is is Ken and who? Ken, me? Mike, and B versus yeah. me, Jay Burritos, and Yo. Okay, I don't know Yo, but okay. Uh, you know oh. Yo. You know Yo. Okay. You watch the show. You know Yo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, that man. Yeah, I, I, if I get a chance, man, if I can, if I can, because y'all not far away, if I get a chance, I'm going to definitely sneak down there. You said that's Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2. 2 yeah, to so, 4. So definitely if you're in the A, I mean, 2 o'clock, you know, traffic is hell already, so you might as well come on down to the A3C and check the fellas out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be interesting. I didn't I didn't realize y'all were doing it like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, hmm. head crack is a uh, head crack from... 1079, Ricky Smiley. Ricky Smiley. Yeah, he's moderating. Oh, that's gonna be. <laughs> Somebody said Mike is about to go ham. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to Mike. Mike got his car back too, man. I'm happy. Yeah, that was crazy, yo. Like, man, that dude got a root on him. Man, boy, 2016 been rough on Mike C Town, man. Yeah, hey, man. man. Now you know why, 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 why. Why Mike be thinking and viewing stuff the way he does, man? It's real life. <laughs> it ain't for play. Mike lived that stuff, man. <laughs> man, I, when I logged on Twitter, I saw his. It was like one of the first tweets I saw. He said his car got stolen. I was like, "Yo, you got to be kidding me, man!" I was like, "Man, you need Damn. to." Damn. When I saw, like, man, Mike need to get his life right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what? I, yeah, I don't know what the hell. Like, you ain't living right, bro. <laughs> Yeah. And then what the old folks used to tell us. Yeah, yeah, you ain't living right. Yeah, you need to get with God. You know, you need to get with God. That might need to be a preacher or something. So, <clears throat> but yeah, that's that's it for us, man. Unless you guys got anything else you want to add, we can shut it down. 
No, nah, I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm good. I had I said what I had to say about Breeze. That was that was that was sitting on me. I had to get that. Off, so <laughs> somebody asked if Mike. No, Mike doesn't live in a get. He Mike lives in a nice area. Actually, he's in an eye area. I want to say yeah. Canada. He don't he don't live in the hood. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. yeah, that's gonna do it for this week. Um, like I said, we'll we'll talk more about it. Uh, Ken, are you and B back on tomorrow for the um. Fantasy show? Oh man, yeah, we got B beat me. Uh, I forgot about that. <clears throat> he, he he beat me by twenty, almost thirty points. Um, so yeah, I, I had to eat that one, but he know I'll see him again. <laughs> hey man, if you're if you're in any of the dead end sports leagues, uh, we have three leagues going. If you're in any of the dead end fantasy sports leagues and you have a running back, give them to me because I don't have any damn running backs. And I don't know how I'm gonna get these wins because <laughs> I'm struggling. I'm two and in all, <laughs> uh, we have four. I'm two and one in, in three of them, and we're me and I we're one and two. And we should have won, man. I don't even get into it. We'll get into all that yeah. tomorrow on the show about what so happened. So what time is the show tomorrow? Uh, eight o'clock. Yeah, oh, we we lost on some bull crappity crap crap. Yeah, I'm, de- oh. I'm definitely gonna be tuning in. Um. <laughs> Somebody says FIFA going to do a review of Travis Scott. FIFA, you got a solo review coming on Travis Scott? Hell no, I ain't got no solo review. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there it is. FIFA ain't doing no solo yo, review. Yo, yo, real quick. FIFA, you listen to the Mac Miller joint? I haven't yet. Oh. I haven't listened to it. Let me know. All right, what's up? No, nah, I listen to it. Just let me know when you do. I, I heard the three singles. I heard the three singles that, that were released before it's the different. album dropped. It's it different. was different. Yeah. yeah. He always doing that though. I'm I'm noticing, but yeah. Yeah, none of his albums sound the same. They're all completely different. Yeah, so. I give him props for that, man. You know, y'all mm-hmm. old heads don't be liking Mac Miller. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, y'all old heads don't be liking. <laughs> y'all old heads don't be liking Logic. You know, I like I like Logic. Like Logic. I'm talking. I'm just talking smack. I'm talking. Yeah, I like smack. Logic. Logic is one of the few cats I'll actually. Like pick up and listen to, but it, it ain't it ain't a lot of dudes, man. It, it's it's funny. My my son was asking me about. He was like, "Man, Dad, you heard Logic's new song?" I'm like, uh, "Let me go look." <laughs> Yo, oh, man. man. Next, time, next time you talk to your son, man, like ask him because he listens to hip hop, right? Oh, no question. He come on, man. He got to listen to hip hop in this house. He got hip hop parents. Do you? So, man, I know we're running long, man, but like, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. So what, what do you do, man? Like, do you, do you hip them to, do you put them up on game, man? I know I you do. do. I do. Um, I, but you guys know, I, I listen to a lot of old school hip hop. Um, I'm not, you know what? And, and probably since I watch a lot of you guys' reviews, I don't necessarily shit on the, 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 the music of today like mm-hmm. I used to. I'm a little bit more open to it now because um, I have kids and, you know, you still at least need to know what they're listening to. Um, you know, I, I will try to listen to some things, you know, like <laughs> let me listen to Migos. And <laughs> so he rock with all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He does. He, he, he'll listen to all of that. But then like, I still have my, like my collection of CDs and stuff like that. And like my Wu-Tang, my, like my nineties hip hop stuff. He's taking all of that stuff and he listens to it. So he listens to my Red Man, my Wu Tang, Outcast, all of that stuff. So it's like he's getting the best of both worlds. And I didn't necessarily have to force it on him. So I, I'm I'm happy in, in that aspect because he he'll listen to his music, but he also, 
you know, so like he's he likes like he went to a Drake concert, which I I told him I was gonna put him on punishment for going to the Drake concert. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm like, man, you my son. How the hell you go to Drake concert? But um, but um, they um, but no, he they my my son is very very progressive as far as like the state. Like his his range is pretty wide. Like he'll, he he can go from Logic to Wu Tang to Outcast to Drake. You know, and 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 have an appreciation for it. Um, me, I'm I'm a little bit more narrow than that. But I, I got to the point now where I, I will at least listen to some of the stuff. I can, I ain't gonna give a whole bunch of spins to it, but I'll listen to some of it though. Yeah, that's cool, man. I I don't, I don't know what it's gonna be like here, but I'll let y'all know. I'll let everybody know. So you haven't started <laughs> yet, Ken? You, oh, you I, well. Sort of, because I, I started, like, I used to play Big Crit around him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. He was much younger than, than what he is now. Mm-hmm. And he was he was rapping. Uh, what was the one that, that LeBron and them used to play uh, in the locker room? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that, yeah, that. Is it that one or no? No, 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 no. no. Um, it's something, it had curse words in it. Fucked up yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I remember, I remember <laughs> oh, what you talking about. Remember we were talking about it. Yeah, he started yeah, yeah. rapping. The the hook to it, I was like, oh, okay, because um, we had that conversation, kids and hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. But but now, you know, like my younger, my my soon to be two year old, seems like he likes music way more than my my eight year old because mm-hmm. you put on James Brown if, if I'm playing James Brown or Michael Jackson or whatever, you know, he he'll just start dancing, he'll run around the house like humming it and shit like that, mm-hmm. which I think was was pretty cool. Um, my oldest, he loves Michael Jackson, but that's kind of about it, right? Um, right. So I think he's going to be the music guy. And uh, Kendall, I think it's probably going to take him some time. But I try to play most of, like, R&B, old classic shit around here, mm-hmm. um, you know, with them. But yeah, I don't like any of this new school R&B. Same I ever play that around them because it's terrible. No, nah, me either. Um, me never. I barely ever play it. We can debate hip-hop, but y'all can't debate <laughs> me about this R&B crap. I'm not going to get on a rant about that. But plus, I want him, like Kyle, I want that foundation mm-hmm. um, for them. And then from there, man, it's, it's on you to do what you do, but at least you know better. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Man, I'll never forget, like, the first time we were, we were riding in the car listening to Backspin and, and um, Eric B for president came on and he knew every word. I was like, yo, I was so like, like a proud dad, like my son, son is going to touchdown or something. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, you know, just like anything else, it's like the music that we were exposed to as kids, you know, um, like we mentioned, you know, Stevie and Marvin Gaye. I, I saw your, Ken, I saw your tweet about the three albums that changed the life. Mm-hmm. Like, I man, I, I saw the tweet and I started thinking, I'm like, damn. I don't even know if I can break it down to three, but I mean, like, it would have to be like one of those type of albums, you know. Um, you know, it's just it's really about what you expose to your kids, man. I mean, you know, if you expose it to them, they're going to gravitate toward it. You know, you just have to be careful as to you know what you expose to them at at such a young early. Because I mean, the music nowadays, you know that that stuff is so repetitive that you know it's not so much as you. Know, I don't even think you have to worry about Kendall, but your youngest son, like, it's so repetitive that even at two. He'll be able to pick up on stuff. Next thing you know, he cussing. <laughs> and you know this, Kyle and FIFO, you know, with you having a, a niece, you'll soon get to know this if you don't already. Um, if you think about the rhymes and the the, the books, the little books that they have, all mm-hmm. that stuff is very 
repetitive, just like you said, it's very, very repetitive. repetitive. And that's what, that's how they learn. It's very remedial, very repetitive, mm -hmm. and it's the same thing over and over again. And it's very simplistic, and they learn from that. And it's a damn shame that, well, yeah, it's a damn shame that that's how some of the hip hop is nowadays. Yep, it, that's that's and that's exactly where it is, man. I never forget we got in the car. My daughter should be five; she'll turn five tomorrow. And um, she was, and I and I never have the radio on. The radio just happened to be on, and that song was on. She was like. You used to call me on myself. I was like, wait a minute. How, how do you know that damn song? And so I'm scrambling, trying to change the station. And, you know, so, I mean, but it's, you know, you you know how it is, man. You can go one way or the other. You know, you could be on that station or you could be on, like, one, one time I got in the car and I was on backspin and Luke was on. Pop that pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so he's scrambling, trying to change the station. <laughs> backspin so, is know. nice. Yeah, Backspin yeah, is nice, man. Yeah, I love Backspin. <laughs> I love Backspin. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention earlier, um, Nick just mentioned in the chat room, J.J. Uh, Watt, man, could possibly be going on IR mm -hmm. for the year. Uh, keep your eyes out on that. Back injury, uh, they said he's going to be out for a short period of time, but they said it could be season ending. So um, definitely keep your eyes on that. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, man, we, we sitting there rambling. Yeah, yeah uh, I got to get up in the morning. Like, like I ain't going to get so. Yes, sir. so make sure that you check out Ken and B tomorrow at the Fantasy Football Show. If you got any questions, shoot them up, hit them up. Look at B got uh, a booty call. Tune into that. <laughs> he got over there caking. He's setting it up. He's setting it up. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I'm going to B got us muted and everything. You see hey, baby, I, I ain't got to stop nowhere. I got the bottle at the crib. Yeah, I'm going to bring it. <laughs> I will bring that. Oh, you need me to stop at the gas station and get some guards? Okay, I got you, baby. All right, bet, bet. All right, cool. Hey, he don't even know. He's got us. What, what you gonna he's do? He's got us muted, so he doesn't know what we're saying. <laughs> he, he's over here like, what you gonna do? Hell yeah, hell yeah, I'm done. Look at him. Look at me. Hell yeah, I'm I'm about to tear that thing up. <laughs> You, you don't even know. You, what, what, you, you, Detroit versus everybody. You got the red pumps on? Wait, hold on. You got the red pumps? <laughs> hey, girl. Wait, hold on now. You say you got the red pumps on. I, I'm on the way. Hold on. Let me unmute this real quick. Hold on. Yo, he going to kill us when he watches this tomorrow. <laughs> hey, you see right, he got the lean, too. I know, man. <laughs> hey, his voice probably dropped by two octaves. You already know. He got the Barry White going. Yeah, yeah. So what you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Color drawers you got up, girl. Oh, mm -hmm. man, let's get out of here, man. Hey, man, that's what you for us, man. For FIFO, for B, for Ken, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Man, we'll holler at you guys next week. Peace. Peace.